Welcome into another edition of Sean Matthews Podcast. Joe, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, my brother. I'm enjoying this nice spring, beautiful, cool weather before it gets too god-awful hot. But I digress. How you been? Good, man. Yeah, it's been raining a lot around. Like, it rained, like, the past, like, five days. Like, even today, um, started we, raining. But we I'm need it. For, we uh, need it, yeah. Hoping for some of that nice spring weather to uh, come along, you know, the next couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah, but not too hot, too quick, bro. That's all I'm saying. No, nah, no. Nah, I mean, just like reasonable breeze and not too hot, not too cold. A nice oh, you know, from your lips starts, to God's ears, yeah. Before it starts getting crazy in the summer, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. All right, let's you get into it. the lyrics. All right. A change came in disguise of revelation, set his soul on fire. She said she always knew he'd come around. And the decades disappear like sinking ships, but we persevere. God gives us hope. Uh, that's a song called A Dustland Fairy Tale by The Killers off their 2008 album, Day and Age. Um, but they actually updated a version. They did a new version in 2021 featuring Bruce Springsteen. It's the same song, but instead of A Dustland Fairy Tale, it's just called Dustland. And uh, Bruce actually performed that with them at Madison Square Garden last year. So uh, great wow. song. The lyrics always, they, especially this these portion of these lyrics, they always uh, stand out to me. Because um, the idea of like a a change coming in disguise of revelation that sets your soul on fire. Like, you know, sometimes your life's going and then something happens, something sparks you. And then your soul is literally set on fire. Um, and it, it's, you know, the changes in disguise of re- it's revelation. So if you believe in like religion and revelation and things, things like that, mm-hmm. um, and like things that people, you know, you surprise people in your life. Like they're like, Oh, you know, I always knew he'd come around. You know what I mean? That's, that's part of the lyric too. It's like, you know, I always knew he'd come around. You know what I mean? So, People change their lives. People start doing things better. Um, something sets their life off. Something sets them in the right direction. And then they're off to the races. Um, and then the decades, that disappear like sinking ships. That's the one that but gets me. You still yeah. persevere because God gives you hope. You know what I mean? It's, those, those core lyrics um, are really nice, I think, you know? Yeah, and those, the, the decades disappear. How many times you turn to a friend or family member and say, that was 35 years ago. That was, in your case, you might say, that was 20 years ago. Where'd they go? Where'd all the years go? You know, it said that, but said that decades disappear and it's pretty cool. Pretty clever. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's a great song. Uh, killers. I mean, like I said, I'm going to do like one killers lyrics per month, you know, at least cause they're like my favorite band. And then That's you have the cool. combination of Bruce Springsteen being featured in the song. It's like, I, I had no choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyone doesn't know what a revelation is. Um, a re- revelation has a couple of different meanings. Right. Uh, one is a, a surprising and previously unknown fact, especially one that is made known in a dramatic day, dramatic mm-hmm. way. So people have rev- revelations about their life all the time. Um, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, okay. Okay. That's, that, that's, you know, that changes things or that's, that's going to like get me going or that's, you know, an epiphany also, of sorts. Right. right. There's a d- divine supernatural. Uh, another definition is d- divine or supernatural disclosure to humans of something related to human existence or the world. Um, so revelation, there's a whole book of revelation in the Bible, right? Um, right. so, you know, the idea, I just like that. I like the word revelation. It's a cool word. And then the killers, uh, it incorporated it in the song. I was like, that's awesome. The way they did that, you know, a change came in disguise of revelation. Um, nice little plan words there. I just like it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. They're, they're good. They're good, man. Absolutely, man. All right. Let me just ask you, Joe, let's get to the important stuff quickly here. Um, <laughs> what was your cheat meal over the weekend? Oh, can I remember what the hell? Oh, okay. With the five guys, right? 
Thank you. Yes. Um, Saturday, I went to Five Guys. I was good. And even at that, you know, I was half tempted to go to Taco Bell, but I said, no, Joey, get something different for, for God's sake, go up there. And I said, you know what? And I'm glad I did because those fries are there's just, there's just nothing like them. When you have a French fry, uh, you should be able to bend it. You know what I mean? It should be thick and it should, and, and it has all those ingredients. You know, some people think they have French fries when they're really, oh, I like my French fries crispy. They're sticks. They're not French fries. Yeah. So I, I love the French fries and everyone says the same thing about that. And the burger's not too damn bad unto itself. So- at yeah. Five Guys, they they if you order like you know if you order like a small fries, don't they still fill the bag? Is there a different like how many sizes? Is this just small and large? Is there a medium? Like what sizes do they have for fries? Well, I think you're, and it's good. It's it's good that you say that too because they don't just fill the bag. What happens is, uh, they'll overflow your cup. Like cup flow, cup floweth over, runneth over, whatever the hell. Remember, still talk about the Bible. Um, now, if you order a, a small, they'll fill that up and they'll overflow a little bit in the bag. And so forth and so on. Now, when you get the large, they'll give you the big doggone large cup and overflow a lot. You know what I mean? So your overflow is proportionate to your order, your cup. So a little cup, little overflow, medium, medium and and large. Uh, And this time around, I went and I got the large because a couple of times I got the medium and I was like, eh, I got the large this time like I normally do. And instead of leaving like 20% of them there because some, like, sometimes i get the large i can't i went through them i went through them i think there were about four fries left and they were those little corner pieces you know those you know, other than that man no so that was fan that was fantastic you question, well, do you do you dip your fries in ketchup or you see the plan both okay, so the answer to your you, question is yes you, just said, <laughs> you said you only eat them plain i have to tell you sir you are a certified serial killer <laughs> no, no. The only cereal I kill is Cheerios, and that's once in a while. Or, or uh, what are we talking about? The raisin bran was good. Anyway, um, now there are fries that sometimes I'll just grab them right out of the damn thing and just start eating them. Other other times I like to have some ketchup, and I mean like in the same meal. Yeah, so, the only uh, time I only the only time I eat fries when they're plain is if I get if I have McDonald's and I have it in my car, in my passenger seat, I'm on the way home. I have, right. you know, I start reaching in that bag and grabbing fries and they taste so damn good. But if you're yeah. giving me the option of having the fries combined with some ketchup, I mean, then it's like, okay, I'm going with the fries. I'm dipping my fries in ketchup. Or I just pour, you know, if you get one of those things where it's like in a nice little like paper cup, not paper cup, like paper um, tray type of thing. You know, the small little trays you get, you know what I'm talking about. Those little yeah. fries come in, yeah. you know, local you know places or whatever. Um, I'll put all the ketchup on top of it. You know what I mean? And right. then I'll, I'll pick at the fries and then the one that doesn't have a lot of ketchup on it, I'll dip that in the ketchup that's on the other fries and it just becomes a whole nice, you know, mix max, you know? Well, I mean? I'll let you know too, because when you go to Five Guys, you can get your own little, you can get these little, these little cups of, of ketchup yeah, and yeah. I get a couple, three of them and I put them on on the thing and a couple of them I use mostly for the French fries. But I'm going to tell you, I get the, I get the, the bacon cheeseburger. Which is, to, if you don't specify it, you're going to get the large, right? The only time you specify is when you get, want to get smaller, like junior. But if you just say bacon cheeseburger, it's a double bacon cheeseburger. And what I do is I take my cheeseburger that has ketchup on it. It's the only topping I get. So I say, bake a double cheeseburger. And they say, when any toppings? I say a little ketchup. I let them put a little ketchup on there because by the time I get there, right? It, it, this ketchup seeps into the damn roll a little bit. So I, when I, when I take the aluminum foil off and I have that burger, man, it's already got some ketchup on it. And then I turn around and dunk it a little bit 
each yeah. time before each bite because I like a lot of cat. I just think the best really- way to do that is uh, you cut your cheeseburger in half, and then it gives you optimal uh, angles to dip the dip it into the ketchup. You are a scholar, my friend, because I never thought of that. I just, <laughs> I just no, no, say when you when you do cut it in half. Yeah, it, goes, it, it feels like it feels like it's like smaller, and it feels like you eat it a lot faster, just because the fact that it's cut in half. So psychologically, it's almost like you get less food, but you're satisfying your ability to dunk, dunk it in the ketchup. Right. Uh, but I will say, it's just it seems like you could the, the burger. Like sometimes I just want to savor my food, and if I cut that burger in half, I'm done with that. Like it just seems way quicker than if I don't cut it in half. But I'm choosing because I want to dunk it in the ketchup. So it's like I'm just choosing the lesser two evils, you know? Well, what I have, Sean, is that that very first dunk, right? The very first dunk. All right. Maybe it shortchanged a little bit on how much surface area I can get the ketchup, you know, on it. Maybe a little bit. But after I take that first chomp, I got all the angle I need everywhere. (laughs) You know what I mean? Once you you get that first bite, that's true. I got a hook there, man. I got So, uh, so that was that day. And oh, and do you ever I have to, do you ever not, do you ever have to go up back up and get more ketchup? Like, are you, are you trained at this point to know exactly how much ketchup you need? Or do you kind of underestimate sometimes and you have to go back up to get more while you're eating? No, if anything, I have a little excess, but I just throw it in the bag and throw it, you know, in the trash can, but you know, you know, I don't like to waste food, but I get three and, um, usually that's enough because two for the fries and then and, and like one and one and three quarter for the fries. And then one for the burger. And if I'm really going at it, that little bit that I had left in the other one, I can use that. But it's usually just enough. And if I have a little left over, so I'm throwing a little ketchup out. What the hell? You know, it's, yeah. you know. So. Um, and quickly, like, I heard something happen where, like, you know, there was a there was a l- woman working there at Five Guys who English is not her first language. So there's kind of a language barrier. Right. And you had a little misunderstanding. And you didn't know if you came off rude and you felt bad about it. Yeah. So you went back up and made things right. So I love stories like that. Like that's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened? Uh, I walked in and I, I, I called my order in and I said, uh, this is what I want. And I'm going to be there in about 10 minutes and I'm going to eat there. And he says, you want, and they always ask you, if you're going to eat here, do you want a drink? What I, I said, yeah, give me a large drink. You don't specify because you get your own drink. Right. So when I get there, I pay, I go up to front and I pay. And then I walk around to where you pick your burgers up and everything. And in the interim, they were getting three or four people in front of me were getting their orders. So I had my cup for my large drink. I went and got my large drink and put it on a table where I was tended to sit along with my chocolate chip cookie. And then I walk up and wait for my burger. And it was this little, little girl, little baby, I don't know, maybe 20 years old, 19 years old, uh, a little round face. She was Latino and she spoke broken English. And she was said to me, she goes, you pick up, pick up. And I'm like, pick up. I said, she said, what was the, I said, Joe, Joe, Joe is the name. And she goes, okay, Joe, Joe, pick up. And I'm like, pick up honey what do you think i'm gonna what do you think i'm doing delivering it to you I'm, i didn't say that to her but i'm thinking yeah I'm, i want to pick it up and she goes no cop <laughs> and i and, and it finally she goes no cop i said oh, oh sweetheart God. i'm sorry you're asking me whether you're asking me do i have a cup because you're looking at my sheet the order and you're asking me did i get my cup and i said i got you now sweetheart i said i got my cup and it's on the table she goes okay okay for a little split second i saw a little crack like in her like demeanor, just a little, just a little bit. Cause I, at one point I said, what? Like that. Cause I was, I was like, come pick up, pick up. What do you th-? So 
as I'm eating, no, but don't give me, you know me, Sean. I didn't, I didn't do anything. Had I done anything really egregious, I would have been over the counter saying, sweetheart, forgive me. You know, I didn't, but I saw a little something in her demeanor and it was there. It was just enough when I was, when I was losing my patience. So I eat my meal and it was just gnawing at me a little bit as I'm eating my meal and as blah, 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 blah. But I figure, how can this, this, this bothers me? This kid is spoken broken English. She's here working her ass off on a job like this. And then she's got this big ape, you know, <laughs> you know, coming down on her. And she doesn't know. And I thought to myself, uh, how can I make this right? So I'm going to make this quick, too. Um, after my meal, I went and threw out my stuff and I waited. She was back in the kitchen. I waited for her to come back out and she coming back out. And I just I went to her. I, I give her the little come here with the finger and she come over. She was like smiling. I think she knew that I I wanted to like make things right. You know what I mean? So she came closer to me and I pointed to my ear and I said, honey, I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you like that. She goes, that's OK. And I reach my hand out to shake her hand and she takes off her white glove. You know, how they wear white glove. She took off her glove to shake my hand. And so I had a couple one dollar bills. And nonetheless, listen, I, I'm not rich. And for, well, you gave her two bucks. What the hell? Hey, two bucks is two bucks. It's it, when, you, when you get two bucks in your hand, it's like making three bucks. And for making three bucks for, you know, no time at all for three seconds isn't bad. I'm going to get her a cup of coffee or something. But she shook my hand. She understood. She was smiling. I gave her a little something. And I made it right because I try to practice what the hell I preach. That's all. That, and I was trying to look at things from her point of view, having a job like that, working your ass off. Okay. And that's the restaurant work is, is tough. It's not fun. Long hours on your feet and you got to deal with people. And although I wasn't a bad customer for a couple seconds, she could have perceived me as one. Yeah. And, she, and I just thought instead of making, letting her go home with that kind of a, 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 an idea in her mind, she went home with a completely different idea in her mind. And I could tell. I mean, the smile was ear to ear. I like so. that story because there's always little moments like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I walk away from situations feeling weird sometimes about things. And I like to have closure to every little situation I'm in. So I don't feel the way I feel about interactions with certain people. Right. And, you know, you were just a strange older gentleman in a five guys. And she was probably thought you were just some mean, angry, hungry guy. Yes. And it turns out, you know, it was just a little misunderstanding. And it turned out. You know, all things that end well are good. You know what I mean? It was a happy ending, right? That's it. That's it. Dude. And to anyone, at least to my brothers, you do unto me. Because you right? probably improved her day. She probably went home like, oh, man, this guy was – she probably has little inter- interactions like that throughout the job. And she's probably like hates the customers to a, to a certain point sometimes. She's like, damn, I can't stand these people. There's a language barrier. It's frustrating. And she had something with you and it turned out, you know, you, you, you know, you made her feel better. Plus, you gave her a little tip. So I'm sure you made her day. Right. And I want her to think about coming here and instead of because there are people that will have a field day with 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 immigrants coming in. And it makes it, it's just it's just straight wrong. And and just think of what our ancestors went through when they come over here. They had to eat a lot of shit, so to speak. And, you know, they all did. And, and it's it's a shame. And I want immigrants today. I want them to come over. And they're working and they're trying, they're trying their best. I want their feelings to be, I want, I wanted her remembrance of, of that little encounter to, for her to go home that night with a smile on her face and an idea that, Hey, you know, they're not all making fun of us. They're not all putting us down and they do consider us people and, and consider our feelings. Yeah. That's what I wanted her to go home with, not the other way around. Yeah. So that's it. And what's the, what's the deal with, I'm looking at the five guys menu right now. 
Mm-hmm. It's, they have regular size hamburger and cheeseburgers and bacon cheeseburgers, all that stuff. But then they have something called little hamburger and little cheeseburger and little bacon. Like how little is it? It's, it's about it's about two dollars and thirty cents less for the little one. But how little is it? It's not like a it's not like a slider, is it? Have you seen it? No, I think. No, are you talking? Are you and I haven't actually looked at the, at that menu in a while. But are you referring to the junior? No, it's it's actually I'm looking at the Philadelphia chestnut one, uh, Five Guys menu, which I believe is probably most Five Guys menus, but it's just called it's called Little. Like they, it's not called Junior. It's called Little Hamburger. Little. So junior. you're not seeing a Junior and a Little. You're no, seeing I mean, all, Little. All I'm seeing is Little. They, I guess okay. Junior is no that's, longer if they had that. You know. Yeah. So that's probably what it is. It's probably Sean. It's probably a reasonably decent size, but it's probably a single patty as opposed to double okay. patty. It's interesting. I like that they have uh, choices like that because I I just like to know you know. If it's a slider, obviously I'm not paying for the little hamburger costs seven dollars and nineteen cents. So there's got to be something there. You know what I mean? You're paying more than a quarter pounder. You're paying more than a Dave single. Yeah, paying, that's a single pound. Ain't the same price as a Shake Shack burger, but I was wondering, man, what the hell the little is? You know what I mean? So yeah, it, it's a single patty, and they just changed the verbiage a little bit. Now you said Shake Shack. My brother come over. This was about a year and a half ago. He was over. He said, was it, yeah, it was Christmas time a year and a half or so ago. Anyway, he says, oh, someone told me about Shake Shack. And if you live over there where you live, there's one right by you and we could try it. Well, I went and I'll tell you, I was very unimpressed. I was extremely unimpressed. First yeah, of all, I the French... Ask, yeah, let me go. Yeah, you continue. The French fries were those, you know, those ones you could, as a kid, we used to have them on Friday nights when we had a fish. We had fish on Friday nights. Like, like Mrs. Paul's fish and mom used to make those fries. And they're good for in the, you know, in the 1970s and 80s when I was at home, the little crinkle cut. They're okay. It's okay. But they had those and the burgers weren't that good. It's like, I'm thinking to myself, five guys absolutely so I'll, I'll dwarfs five this guys, place. Five guys has Shake Shack demolished on fries. Cause five guys, I mean, cause Shake Shack fries are, they're crinkly and they're okay. Yeah. The other night, the other night, I you know, I I got I had a crazy eating night. After I went to the movies, I got Cadoba. I got a big burrito. And then I, I, watched, told I watched the Knicks game. I, you know, I smoked a joint and everything like that. So I'm like feeling pretty good watching the Knicks game. But I'm getting a little right. stressed out. You know, we're losing most of the game. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna because you got me thinking about cheeseburgers and stuff. I'm just gonna take a page of Joe's burger. I'm gonna get myself a nice premium cheeseburger. <laughs> so I go on uh, Grubhub because I have free delivery fees because I have Amazon Prime, and I get I spent thirty bucks on Shake Shack, which is actually not that bad with delivery and with a twenty percent tip. But I got a bacon cheeseburger, fries, and a milkshake, plus the delivery plus the tip was about. Okay. It's not that cheap at all. But I'll tell you this, um, the fries, you know, it, obviously it's a little farther away, so everything doesn't come that hot, but the fries are unimpressive. Um, there's basic, basic crinkle fries and they charge, you know, a lot of money for those little fries. Yeah. So I think you can get a large fries. If I look at the five guys menu. You get a, you get a large fries with all the fries in the bag and the big cup for about six bucks. It's like, so five guys has, um, oh, it's five, no guys contest. five guys has Shake Shack dead the rights in terms of fries. Um, but in terms of burger, I got bacon on my burger because you got me thinking about the bacon. I'm like, oh, I was going to get bacon on it. Too. Oh, I got bacon, but I, I was, it ruined the burger. Like the bacon wasn't that, the bacon was like thick and it had like those like, you know, kind of fatty spots where it's like awkward to chew a little bit. Oh, like, from Shake Shack. Well, okay. Off my whole, you know, chewing of the burger. And I, at the very end of it, I took the rest of the bacon off. I had enough of it, but I'll just say this. I was, you know, I think you're right. I think Shake Shack um, is, is inferior to five guys. I think five guys has them beat. Oh, there's no two ways about it, Sean. And not only the fries, but you talk about the bacon cheeseburger. They take this bacon 
And I'm telling you, it's almost like they 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 meld it right into the damn. I mean, really, and and it's always <laughs> it's it. it's like part of it's like they blend it together. It's like, and it's it's always really well cooked, like really well. So there's no so, there's no awkward like chew like you're sitting there chewing. No. You're supposed to be on your next bite of the burger, but you're instead you're you're finishing the fucking bacon. Sorry for cursing, right. but you know, That's right. we're gonna be cursing more around here possibly. But um, yeah, so the bacon you start chewing on that fat, it just throws off your whole mood. It's like, damn, I don't want to chew this fat anymore, and like you don't want to spit it out. It's like you just want to continue eating your burger at your leisurely pace. Right, and I urge you next time to try. Believe me, Sean, try and compare the 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 presence of the bacon, the presence of the bacon. Uh, to, to, you know, to, to, you know, one to the other. The bacon on this, the flavor is just so, so much right there. And it's so good. And it's, it's, it's just, it just chews up so nicely with it. It's just great. It's nothing like, because to me, as much as I do like bacon, if it's undercooked or if it's too damn thick, what the hell do I want? What, are, what is this? A dog treat? It's a goddamn thick. <laughs> what the hell do I want? You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Uh, so that's 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 what that is and and yeah you and i have been talking about um you know it, it look it, it since you brought it up it is in that it, it, um it, i'm just going to give people an analogy we're going to be the same guys we always were always going to be the same guys we always were but if you and i go to a birthday party for our niece or nephew and aunt gertie is there and our grandmother's there and our parents are there and this and that our language or demeanor is going to be one way and at that same birthday party if we got to the backyard and we stand around with two or three of guys that we know from the family uh we're going to use different language than we would use inside that's all and you and i being rookies to this thing in the first season and so forth we wanted to still stay inside and be a now we're going to move out to the backyard and we're just going to let it roll we're not going to force anything we're just going to speak as this as though we were speaking amongst ourselves and uh, you know what in comparison to what other people do on the air, it's still is going to be pretty mild, but we're just, you know, yeah. we're, we're going to, we're just uh, going to let it go. That's all. We're going to be, we're going to be flowing a lot more. We're going to be, I'll be That's honest. The first, this is this, the first, this is our 42nd episode. Right. Um, it's been trial and error. It's been learning experience, but I think we have a formula in place that we know what yeah. works, what doesn't work. And I think, cause me and you have our private conversations and we trade our voice notes. Right. And right sometimes I'm listening. It's it's pretty damn funny. And I'm listening to the show. I'm like, the show is not matching the funniness or the, the chippiness of who we are. We're being too cookie cutter. We're being right. too formal. And just to put it this way, we're, we're going to, we're going to be stepping away from that. We're going to be a little bit more of ourselves. Like Joe said, a little backyard talk. And when season one ends, today's the last episode of season one, season two is going to begin uh, probably after the NBA playoffs. So I think the last game, if, if NBA finals goes to game seven, that's June 18th. So we're probably coming, we're probably coming back around like the end of June, just to be honest with you guys. Right. But it's going to be a nice revamp, remix sort of looser show. And, uh, we're, you know, we're keeping the lyrics, we're keeping on the reel. And then Same there, format, it's yeah. a matter of, you know, we might mess around and just talk some, let's say in the beginning of the show, we want to talk more sports. Let's talk about sports in the beginning. Let's not wait to the end. We don't have to wait to the very end to talk about sports. If you want to talk about like, we'll just have more of a flow. And I think the audience, our loyal listeners, we love you. We love you for listening to our show. I think you're only going to be happier with our with our product, and I think we're only going to things are only going to be better. That's all I'll say. Right, and you've been showing you've been you've been on me for a while to try to persuade me to 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 come from from the kitchen table with 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 Aunt Gertie and Grandma and everybody else to come from there and to move out to the backyard with two or three of guys like us standing around to say party. 
but no one can hear us. And we're just going to, we're just going to converse the way we would there. And that's all. We're just going to unveil sort of our, let people into our, that kind of, those kind of conversations. And you know what? They are a little funnier. They are, are a little more loose. And, um, certainly, um, if anybody has cable, we're not going to say anything. Matter of fact, there are some things that are said on cable that we're not going to say, but we're just going to, you know, don't be allergic to the F-bomb because I got news for you folks as part of our <laughs> vocabulary. It's going to happen and, yeah. and that's that. But it, it's just, it's not that we're forcing anything. It's we're allowing you now into, we feel comfortable. We're going to allow you into, you know, our our conversation in, in the backyard. That's all. Yeah. So that's it. That's it. So, so season two, that's going to be happening in season two. Again, it's going to be the end of June. I want to give you guys a heads up. Just don't think we're disappearing or the show's going anywhere. Um, no. You know, we we did 42 straight episodes pretty much. We'd start off with two a week. Um, we just need a little break. Uh, life life happens, and we need a little time to adjust the show and just figure things out. Plus, I think, with Joe, what's going to happen when we come back from that break? We're going to become – it's going to be summertime. Uh, the weather's going to be a little bit, you know, um, hotter outside. It's, it's going to be a nice little vibe. We're going to be like, damn, it feels good to be back, and that break it was well we, – it was worth it. You know what I mean? It was well worth it, and it gives us time to improve our product because we, if you're not striving to improve, you're getting worse, right? If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. You don't stay the same. So we're going to try. I'm going to try to get better. You're going to try to get better. We as a unit are going to try to get better, and we will. So it gives us time to do all that stuff too. And you know what? We're human too. We need a little pause, a little <sighs> – little breath, catch our yeah, breath in between. Like, That's all. Yep. Like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, we both have jobs in real life. They called IRL in real life. Um, yep. And this is a passion project hobby that we ideally in, in our dreams, we like to do this for a living. We like, mm-hmm. we like somebody just to say, listen, we'll, you know, advertisers will pay us or whatever, or we'll get hired by a company work for them. That's our dream to actually do this for a living. And if we do this for a living, it's going to be a whole different ball game. Cause it's like, that's our oh. job. Whereas now it's like, you know, we, you know, we worked all day and it's like, Oh, we got to do the show tonight. And like, you know, we're not making money off the show yet. And um, it's a fun, it's a fun passion project, but I mean, I'm just telling you, man, if, if this ever turned into a full-time career, uh, just watch out. Cause you know, we could, uh, we can be really great. I think so. But you know. Oh yeah. If we had all that time to prepare, you know, that kind of thing and we're getting paid for it. Hell yeah. You better believe it. That, and that would be, that would be neat. That would be neat. Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not stopping doing the show. We're just saying there's some things that are changing, and we're adjusting some things. And there's there's a little break, and you know everything's good. So, yeah, um, Joe, I want to talk to you about because um, this is you know this stuck out to me. I've seen you park in parking lots. You're the type of guy who backs your car into a spot. And not all the time. I have an issue with people like who, like <laughs> for example, if I'm at work and I'm I have to get inside, to like you know get start work. There's people who like take their sweet time to back into a spot and it holds me up. I'm like, cause I can't really go around them. I can't, you know, I, I have to wait for them to park. And I'm thinking to myself, is it that important for them to back up from the spot? I mean, I understand when they leave, it's going to be easier for them to leave. They just have to, you know, look, press start in the car, start their gas and just press on the gas and move forward. And then they're out of their spot. You know, it saves them from having to worry about who's behind them and then they back up. But like, is it really worth it to back into a spot? Like what's your rationale when you back into spots? Well, let me tell you something, and I'm going to make this quick, but there was a, a brief time where I was contemplating a, a diff- bunch of different stuff, and I was thinking about um, working for the United States Postal Service because I thought, hey, 
walk around, walk around on a sunny day and put a, well, there's more to it than that. And it's a lot more walking and you got the shitty days too, that you got to deal with and so forth. Uh, but I, I, I went through, um, one of their little training things and one of their training things with their vehicles, because they don't, they don't purchase insurance. They would cost them, uh, they'd have to go into the national debt to get insurance. You know what I mean? They just, what happens is when they get an accident, they write a check. <clears throat> That's what they do. Okay. They can't afford the insurance would be astronomical. Um, so they're really meticulous about training people how to drive their vehicles. Now, they told us when we come into a, something like that to back the vehicle in, Why did what was the rationale for doing that? The rationale is that when you're coming out, right, when you're backing into a, into a spot, you only have to look at it really two, two things, right? The one corner and then the other corner, right? You have to look at two things. You just have to, to back it in, right? When you're backing so that when you're leaving, your your nose is at front, you can put it in drive and drive right out of your spot. If you're backing out of a spot, you have to look at more than one or two things. There are a lot of different things that can go wrong. This was this is before they had the backup cameras, right? I don't it, this is you know what? It wasn't that long. It was a couple a few years back. It was only okay. a few years back. So but the the logic is, and you really think about it, when you back out of a spot. And your ass is first. There's a lot more that can go wrong than if your nose is first. Yeah, but like it's one of That's those all. where I feel like you know backing into a spot takes like focus and skill, and like you you're risking like bumping into someone else's car. It's like to me, it's not worth it. It's like okay, I'm just gonna park regularly, and then I deal with what I have to deal with when I have to back out. Otherwise, I'm spending time trying to park perfect. I know people get really good at it, like they get really good at backing into spots. But I'm thinking to myself, it's like damn, like. It's like, it seems like a, like a stressful thing to do. It's like, why do you have to back into the spot? So I guess, I know what you're saying, like the post office, like, you know, they're like, oh, yeah. now, I don't know whether that's the same as your work, if the yeah. logic is the same. Do you, or have, people... do you have in your car, do you have a backup camera though? I don't. Mine's okay. a tw- yeah, cause I drive a 24. Once you have a backup camera, it changes everything, man. Because then you're like, cause it, it beeps at you. It has little like colors to indicate how far you are from things like the backup camera is almost foolproof not to hit something. You know what I mean? Well, I, I, dude, I'll tell you, and I'm, this is honest to God, this is going back about a year and a half. Uh, I was at Wawa and this is like a super Wawa and I come out and I jump in my Jeep. I got a grand Cherokee. So I got to look right out the, okay, look right out the back, whatever. But I crank, I crank the stereo. You know, I, you know, I, I think it was the who, like the overture or something. I don't know what that was, but it was something I just crank and I could. So, and I'm starting to back up. And I'm backing up and I don't see anything because I'm looking through my rearview mirror. I'm looking right through my back window, right through the window of the vehicle that's sitting right behind me. I'm looking right through their windows. And it was just a, they couldn't have been positioned like uh, in a more camouflaged way. But I hear this beep and I'm thinking, I got the stereo cranked and I'm hearing a beep. I don't know what. And I back, I turn around, dude, I hit. I mean, just barely, just barely tapped. But I looked and I turned my head a certain way. Then I saw the lady in the driver's seat. I saw the guy behind the wheel. I saw the little kid, you know, like seven, eight-year-old kid in the in the in the in the back seat. And I just I think, oh my God, what the hell's going on? Did I hit them or so I get out of my car and I walk back and it was like they're touching. My car's touching theirs, but it was nothing. <laughs> it was not Sean, not a not a scratch, not a dent. If I would have and I didn't know they were back. Dude, it was the freakiest thing that I've ever experienced in my life when it comes to like this kind of stuff. Cause I'm looking right up through my, I'm looking at my rearview mirror, looking at my back. Okay. That's cool. 
And I'm looking right back and I'm seeing the doors to Wawa. I'm seeing the front of the store, but I had been looking right through, I guess it was the back window and I didn't see the little kid's head till, you know, so I'm looking right through and I'm thinking, this is cool. Then I hear another beep. And thank God I heard that beep. Otherwise, we'd have had a dent the size of, you know, I don't know what. So it was weird. But my point is, if you can, if you can pull into a, now when you back into a space, the only thing you really have to worry about are things that are there that aren't going to move right now. You got the curb, right? And you got cars to either side of you, but nothing's going to move. So it's a little easier and safer to back in statistically. And then when you pull out, see, and if I were, if I were nose front there, there would have been no problem. So I guess that's the only rationale. I'm not sure, Sean. I'm not sure. But that's the only rationale yeah, I can think of. It's kind of a pet peeve because I feel like the people, if you have if you have a lot of time to back into the spot and there's no one behind you, then go for it. Back into the damn spot. Um, but I'm also thinking, too, it's like you're putting my car at risk. Like my car is parked and I know people are backing in. Like unless they're really good at backing in, it's like, wow, they're, the chances of my car getting hit is increased because they want to back in. Whatever, they can do that. But if there's no one behind you, well, take your damn time and back in properly. But I just have an issue when people do it when like there's other cars who have to like get a, I can't get around them. It's like okay, I'm literally sitting here in my car waiting for you to like take your time and back in. It's a little bit rude, I think, you know. Well, and you know what, Sean, and I'm going to talk. To, I'm talking to myself here too. One thing to learn is patience, and I'm talking to myself as well, because at times I have it, but there are times I still slip. Just today, I was making a left turn into like a little a strip store plaza. I was going from one place to another today. And before I came home, I went to a, like a strip, you know, like a strip mall. I was going into one of those and I'm trying to make a left. And on the oncoming traffic coming towards me, they're waiting for a light. And there's one after the other, after the other. And no one had the presence of mind to, hey, maybe I'm not going to block that in case someone comes up and wants to make a left in front of me to go into that. Maybe I won't block, and maybe sometimes people just are daydreaming and not paying attention either. But I'm sitting there, and I want to make a left, and I don't have any room. I'm thinking to myself, you know, why the hell didn't you people? I mean, can't somebody? So I looked over to the lady, you know, opposite me, and I gave her a little a finger, like a like a like, and she she gave me a look like what? And I said, can you like, can you move up a little? And so she, okay, so she moves up a little. And I had about enough room for my car to get by, and I was just pissed off enough where I wasn't going to wait. And as I'm go- turning into this now, I'm thinking, okay, I get, I get through this right here. As I'm turning into this here, I'm thinking, damn, I'm close to this other car. <laughs> I'm damn, I'm very close to. I just the guy was just kind of looking at me, and I just kind of looked at him and smiled, and I just made my left. But I was awful, awful close. And what I'm saying is. That could have, I could have scratched my car. That could have been a real something or other because I let my anger and my, my impatience get to me. So patience is a freaking virtue. It really is when it comes to driving and, and other yeah. drivers and all this other stuff too. So, yeah. Um, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you went through a toll without an easy pass? Like, when's the last time you actually stopped and, you know, got the ticket, you know, little holes in the ticket, and you go to the next one, you have to pay the exact change? Uh, when's the last time you did that? It's been a while because I was on the PA Turnpike. Um, last time I was on the PA Turnpike was about last year, and you know what? Well, do you have I, an easy pass? No. Oh, so you have the, you have no choice. You have to do the old school way. Well, what was weird? It was the PA Turnpike, Sean, and there was nobody there. It was just like go. It was weird. I guess because they're doing right, renovations. So Joe, Joe, you're 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 on America's Most Wanted list. Just letting you know that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I, the way I figured it was, you know what? Uh, they're probably doing something. And if they, that's the way they're going, by by the way. In, in another year or two, Sean, that's the way they're going to go. Even for people who don't have an easy pass, you're just going to fly through and it's going to hit you. It's going to it's going to take your license plate and it's going to give you a bill that way. That's what the way they're going to do it. Um, but it's been a while. To answer your question directly, it's been a while since I, I actually stopped. And, and what's what's stopping you from getting just an easy pass? Like, cause you don't, I know you're not traveling through tolls, but it's just nice that it doesn't really cost anything. Like you set like a budget and like they don't charge you unless you use it type of thing. Um, like what's stopping you just getting an easy pass, man? Just having it in your car, just, just anytime you, you don't have to worry about anything. Well, what's stopping me now is is what I just saw in the news last week that what they're doing is the PA Turnpike is is doing it, and I'm sure everyone else isn't far behind. Is that you don't really need the easy pass anymore? That you could just use, just drive through, and if you don't have an easy pass, it's going to hit your license plate, and then it's going to give you a bill that way. So, is there, either is there, way. Is, are they going to bill you exactly what you're supposed to pay? Or are they going to give you a little fine for not having it though? Oh no, no. This is this is built specifically for. In other words, it's going to be become an accepted mode now. Who I feel sorry for the people who the toll takers that you know that they're going to be out of a job because if yeah. this is going to render them you know pretty much useless. Yeah, I didn't even know they those people still like existed. So they still have those jobs where they sit in that little toll booth and like do the exact change all day. They don't. They still don't take credit cards. I, I had a situation because I, I had a rental car for a couple of days. I got my car fixed, and um, I had this little rental car, this little Nissan versa and um you know i'm like oh i don't have an easy pass you know i could have like brought it with me i could have like took the one out of my other car and whatever i didn't you know it was only a couple days but then i'm dealing with a thing where like, it prints out a ticket it tells me exactly where i'm you know what exit i'm on and then i went to the next one I, first i thought i thought like oh okay i just have this ticket like what do i that means do i send it in do i mail it but what you know what i was because i it's been so long since i actually had to drive through a toll and just pay then i got to another toll and then i gave the lady my ticket and then I, I was like, do you take credit cards? You said no. So I had to pay exact change. And like, it just took an extra, it took a long time than it usually does. It's just, I'm just so thankful for Easy Pass because, man, back in the day, everyone stopping and individually paying, that must have taken forever. Yeah, it was a hassle. It was a hassle, bro. So that's one thing yeah. I'm I'm glad to see. Yeah. Did you hear change. about the writer's strike, man? I'm so disappointed because I just started watching more late night shows. Usually I, my rotation is just Jimmy Kimmel. Then I added Jimmy Fallon. Um, but then I added it. I'm thinking to myself, I'm enjoying these late night shows so much. I'm going to mess around and record Seth Meyers. I'm going to record Stephen Colbert. And then James Corden is, he's off the air now. He, he retired from late night for the time being. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I have all, I have YouTube TV. So I have like unlimited DVR space. I'm like, I'm just going to record all this. And then whenever I want to throw on one of these, I'll throw on the monologue and you know, it's fun. Now there's a writer's strike. And I waited three weeks for SNL. SNL took about two or three weeks off and it was coming back this month for three straight shows. Pete Davidson is supposed to host Saturday night. Yeah, I was looking forward That's to That's not happening, man, because, like, the writer's strike, and, like, I don't know, last time it lasted over 100 days, like, it's kind of annoying. Like, now I'm like, you know, I'm like, damn, I got just getting into, like, more live TV and more late-night funny things, and now i got to, like, wait for the strike to be over. But I guess I understand they want to be paid properly. But what I heard is last time it happened, I think around 2007, uh, Jimmy Kimmel paid his writers out of his pocket, and he, like, he ran out of his savings. He was getting pretty close to running out of money in his savings. So I respect the hell out of him for doing that. But then I told someone at work, I'm like, you know, Jimmy Kimmel paid his writers out of his pocket last time. And he's like, oh, that's bad for the union. You know, that that makes yeah. people, you know, that's bad for the union, man. And I'm like, well, it sounded, like me, it sounded to me like Jimmy Kimmel did a good deed because those writers aren't being paid. And he's like, no, that's actually bad for the union. It makes them look bad for the writers who are taking the money. And like, 
And I was like, all right, well, I mean, I think he did a good D, but whatever. But what do you think about this writer's strike, man? Are you, are you, do you care at all? Is it something that's going to affect you or does, do you not really care? You know something, Sean, I would have to see what kind of um, lettuce these guys make already. I mean, I'm, I'm being told, but I forget who it was, but someone in the industry said that the writers are not asking for, for um, anything extravagant. That's what they said. Now, I'd like to see what they make. I'd like to see the kind of lettuce they make, and then I would make that decision. So I don't know what they make and what they're asking for in relation to in relationship to what they make and maybe they're not even asking for more dollar salary rise maybe they're asking for better conditions or whatever so i don't know enough about it to ask you know to to not to ask i don't know enough about it to formulate an opinion but um not knowing i got to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they're workers and i'm i'm for workers and i'm tired of okay you know, big, big industry trying to just yeah. treat people like shit. So. Hopefully it doesn't last too long. Um, mm-hmm. But I have a lot of shows I can watch, but I really like watching live TV or like stuff that's recorded that day. That's why I like SNL so much because SNL is literally live. Whereas yeah. even these late night shows, they're recorded like seven hours before. You know what I mean? Well, I uh, wanted to mess around and see if you wanted to go to. Yeah, maybe... I was thinking about I was just thinking yeah. about that. Like, Damn, we're going to go see Fallon or something like that. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and my friend actually said he had tickets to go see Fallon this week, but obviously that's not happening. So, you know, we got to wait a little bit, man, you know? Yeah. Fallon, Myers, whoever. It's one of those cats. One of those yeah. cats. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm talking about a little, a couple of movies that I saw. Um, since the last show, we did the last show last Monday. I think I saw three movies since then. Right. I'll quickly go over these reviews. Uh, so the first movie I saw is called, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. Now, I see everything that's in theaters. I have the movie subscription. So, you know, I'm paying about $2 per movie and I like going to the movies, but this is not a normal movie that I would probably see. Um, it's about an 11 year old girl in sixth grade who's growing up. She moves from the city to the suburbs and it's about dealing with new friends, new school, life experiences and things like that. And I thought it was one of those things where like she starts in sixth grade and you just watch her get older and like eventually she's an adult and there's a whole story, but it's just literally just her in sixth grade. Um, but I like Rachel McAdams. She plays the mother in it. I guess Rachel McAdams at this point in her career, she's playing the motherly role and she did a good role as the mother. She's, she's kind of like a milf. I'll be honest. She's a milf in this movie. She's hot. (laughs) mother. Um, but anyway, the movie was okay. Um, kind of had like now and then vibes to me because there's, there's a movie when I was younger called now and then I think Christina Ricci was in it. It was a nice heartwarming story, but I was also younger when I saw it, but this movie was from a girl's perspectives and like, the funniest parts to me was where, like she had like her older brother and the older brother was like teasing her and the, the boys were teasing the girls. So I can relate to the, the little boys like teasing the girls and doing little funny, th- funny things, but it was mostly about little girls in sixth grade. So they're going through these whole life experiences and doing all these things that little girls go through. And I guess, you know, pre-middle school, but overall it was like, you know, it was a heartwarming type, good story. And it was like, you know, I could see why people like it, but for me, it's not my cup of tea in terms of what I'm looking to watch. But again, I had the subscription, so I saw the movie. So I guess it'll be a little harsh in the grade. I give it a 6.5. 6.5. Because um, objectively, um, that's probably what it is. Or it probably is a little higher. But for me, I'm, I'm combining objective and subjective to my experience. So 6.5, you know, not a bad movie. I recommend if you have a daughter, or you have a, if you're a girl and you know what it's like to grow up at that age. Um, it's a nice little movie. Plus it's nostalgic because it takes place like in the 70s. So I like those kind of period pieces. Um, then I saw Big George Foreman. 
Um, and man, I love this movie was friggin' awesome. I was kind of nervous to see it because after seeing Sweetwater, which was, you know, anytime they do a, a true life story about like a real person in sports or something like that, it could be high quality, it could be mid quality, it could be low quality. This movie was actually legitimate. I mean, it was pretty good. Actually, no, it was in it, Joe. Forrest Whitaker was in it. Yeah. Um, but George Foreman, I, I didn't really know about George Foreman's life. And the man boxed till he was like really old and he retired for about 10 years to become a preacher. Um, yeah. he beat Joe Frazier. Um, he didn't, he, he became heavyweight champion again when he was like 45 years old. Like it's a hell of a story. You know what I mean? He came from a poor family growing up. So I thought the character development was really good in this movie. Um, that was really good. I enjoyed it. I'll give it a 7.7. You know what else about him? He named all his kids, George. I he know, had about George seven Lane, boys. He, he named them all he, George. He named the girl Georgetta too, I think, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was yeah. pretty funny. His whole rationale with that was, you know, I don't want them all. I want them all to be humble and, you know, not and similar. Not they don't, no one's better than the other one. So I figure naming them the same name in case I was all close. Like he had his, he had his reasons, but it is kind of weird to name all your kids the same name. Yeah. But he did it for a reason. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he just he was being narcissistic or he was. Right. I don't know. It was, He's a character. He was a character. But he seems like a great guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun to um, be around too. Yeah, and uh, final movie I saw was Polite Society. This movie didn't really hit with me. I mean, it was okay. It's it was kind of like it was about this girl. She's like a teenager, and she like likes to fight. It's kind of like you have to suspend your belief because it's like it's based in reality, but the fighting sequences are really not. Like all of a sudden, they'll be talking, they'll get into an argument, then they start fighting and like smashing each other's head against like glass frame picture frames, and like you know they're bleeding and stuff. And the next scene, they're not bleeding anymore. There's no damage, so you have to suspend your belief. There's kind of like a surreal aspect to it in terms of the action of it. But it's about a girl who's like kind of like her, she doesn't want her sister to get married. She thinks it's a whole bad thing that she's getting married. She comes from an Indian family, so that it's kind of like arranged marriages. Um, I don't know. It was okay. I give it a five point three. Wasn't that great to me? But five point three. I mean, objectively, it's probably higher. But in my opinion, five point three. So five point three for polite society. Six point five for uh, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. George Foreman movie. I think I gave it a seven point seven. So those are the three movies I saw. Um, All right. Like I said, you know, it depends who you are, what type of movies you like. You know, if you're a sports guy and you want to learn more about George Foreman, you like those sports stories and character development and George Foreman movies, it's it's a good movie. The other two movies are like, yeah, you know, I can live without them, but, you know, they're okay. Yeah. Um, And anyway, Joe, did you hear Jerry Springer died? He was 79 years old. I did, and I found out a lot more, a lot more about him than I ever knew, you know, that he he was. he was was He was like a judge, a lawyer, you know. And a mayor at one point, and just a lot of he wore a lot of different hats. Did you uh, ever watch his show back in the day? <laughs> yeah, I used to watch his show before it became fake. See, it started where they really did have people going after each other on the show, but what they found was that ratings were so good during that that they started to stage that. And even when it was staged, I still watched it because it was funny because it was just you know, but it just it. It was a joke after a while, but it was just funny to watch. It really was. But when it first started, you did have people going after each other. But, yeah, what's funnier than that, you know, you are not the father. And then the guy starts doing breakdancing and shit, you know, all kind of <laughs> stuff. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, uh, Jerry, Sw- Jerry Springer, um, I'll tell you what, man. He lived to what, 79 years old. He had a pretty yeah. damn good life. And he said, he says, I'm just a guy. He says, I'm just a schlub that got lucky and whatever. So he did kind of just, you know, get lucky. But uh, yeah. he was the mayor of, I think it was Cincinnati. 
and he messed around. <laughs> he messed around and, got, and he got caught giving money to a lady of the night. Because he got caught, he's the mayor now. And you can't get away with that when you're the mayor. So that's where that went awry. And I think he was also a news uh, anchor uh, in the Cincinnati area, too. He did, he did a lot of different he's very, stuff. Very talented guy. You say he, he, He's being humble by saying he's a schlub who got lucky. But the guy is was intelligent, and he set himself up for success, you know? Well, yeah, he was a lawyer. I mean, he probably yeah. got a break here and there. Like the TV thing was probably a big break, but... He he's a successful professional guy, you know, in terms of his career. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, I mean, he said he used those words. I didn't. Yeah, but, I know. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. So Jerry Springer dead at seventy nine. Rest in peace. And what I saw today, Joe, uh, this is a late addition to the show. Tim Bachman died at age of seventy one. He was in Bachman Turner Overdrive. Oh no! Wow. Rock band. They sing. Uh, you ain't seen nothing yet, and taking care of business or two yeah, of the but, 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 baby, you just ain't seen nothing yet. Don't yeah, do, so yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, one of the family members, uh, Tim Bachman, he's dead. So rest in peace, Tim Bachman. I don't know, Joe. You probably like some of the songs, right? For sure. Oh yeah, taking care of business. You ain't seen nothing yet. It's it's uh ride ride ride. Let it ride. Yeah, let it ride. Too, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're all they're they're they were good, man. They were good. As a matter of fact, they had um. I'll never forget the album cover. My brother. Got an album cover when he was 15s that made me about 10. And my oldest brother, God rest his soul, bought that album for my brother. And it was not fragile. And it was this, this, this like crate, this, this wooden crate, like you know, for freight. And it's stamped right on the side of it in red letters, not fragile. And the top of the, the top of the crate was all kind of like metal and sprockets and chains and stuff. But it was pretty cool. It was a rugged looking, but that was the name of the album, not fragile. Pretty cool. Nice. Yep. So, uh, rest in peace, Mr. Bachman. Yeah, man. All right. So let's move on to our actor of the week. Uh, this week we got Mr. Keanu Reeves. Um, he was born September 2nd, 1964 in Beirut, Lebanon. Um, I believe Beirut, Lebanon is, uh, part of Ohio or something like that. But anyway, he grew up, <laughs> but, but then his family moved to Toronto and he grew up mainly in Toronto. Uh, he's still not a U.S. citizen. Uh, it's actually funny. They did a funny thing on Jimmy Kimmel Live where he had him on the show and, uh, he got all the paperwork to become a U.S. citizen. He's like, here, Keanu, we got all the paperwork for you. You become a U.S. citizen. Let's you know, let's make this happen. So that's one thing I respect about Jimmy Kimmel. Like they do funny stuff like that. They literally got all the paperwork, this thick, thick book of paperwork to become a citizen. He's like, why not do it now? You know. Anyway, uh, Reeves is a he's still a Canadian citizen. His mother was a showgirl and a costume performer. His dad was a geologist, but his parents got divorced when he was young. Uh, he had multiple stepdads, but never reconnected with his biological father. He dropped out of school to pursue acting at the around the age of fifteen. He's actually a pretty good hockey player. He wanted to pursue hockey, but he chose acting instead. Uh, he got a small role, which let him, which which allowed him to uh, get an agent, hire an agent. His first legit role was in a Rob Lowe film called Young Blood in 1986. Then he moved to Hollywood. Uh, he got a role in a 1988 film, Dangerous Liaisons. Uh, his first big role was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in 1989. Uh, he's got dyslexia, so always respect any actor who has to learn scripts and memorize scripts and all his dialogue. If he has dyslexia, that's extra tough, so I respect him for that. He's dealt with that. Um, the problem was, after he did Bill and Teddy, he was kind of typecast as like this moron, you know, because that movie's about like two kind of just dumbasses, pretty much. Right. They're good right. guys, but you know, that's the whole premise. Um, then he got a starring role in the movie Speed in 1994. 
And that really took us, that said, that took his career to a whole new level. Um, then he actually turned down speed two because he didn't respond to the script. He said he was confused that it was on an ocean airliner or ocean liner. Um, and things didn't feel right to him. So he was kind of, even early in his career, he was kind of selective with stuff. You know what I mean? Speed was a big hit, but he chose not to take speed too. Cause he's like, this is ridiculous. Like, why is it on an ocean, like a big, a big ship? Like what the hell is going on here? And the script didn't feel right. So, you know, I respect him for being, you know, choosing what he wanted to do. Um, then he's, he's, well, he's well, this is well known within the whole, like anybody who knows Hollywood and everyone who knows about celebrities, he's apparently the nicest guy you could ever meet. There are so many stories. If you go on like YouTube and watch his videos or interviews or any video that he's in, people commenting left and right. I met Keanu Reeves. He's such a nice guy. Um, you know, I was afraid to go up to him at the movie theater, but I went up to him and we had a long, long conversation. He asked me questions about myself and the like, people are like amazed at how nice he is. You don't get that with a lot of Hollywood people. They'll give you, sometimes they'll say hi to you or get a selfie with you, but they won't have a conversation with you. He generally has, when he has a conversation, he genuinely seems interested in who he's talking to and these random strangers. So that's one big thing about him. He's well known for being a great guy. Um, that's one of the reasons I chose him. Like this guy is such a good guy. Um, he's a good actor. And, you know, let's have him on the show. Um, talk about him a little bit. Uh, he's a big comic book fan. And he actually created his own comic book. I think it's called Berserker. Um, one cool thing about him also, is he does a lot of his own stunts. A lot of actors don't do their own stunts. He does a lot of his own stunts. Um, he does more choreography and executes the memorization of the moves. Um, his gun safety, all that better than like 95 to 90, 98% of any stunt person people have seen. That's someone, someone's quoted on that. They said he does his own stunts and he's better than most stunt people that, that, that are real stunt people. So yeah. Um, he gives input on the roles that he's playing. Like when, and John Wook, he suggested riding on a horse in the middle of the city. He's like, that fits into the movie well. So he's not just like your typical actor who just like gets the role and does what they're told. He gives you input. He gives inputs on the roles and he does little creative things. And he seems like a great guy. So um, the movies that I've seen him in, um, Johnny Mnemonic in 1995, Chain Reaction. I saw Speed. That's from 94. Um, the Devil's Advocate in 97. The Matrix was one of his big movies. Uh, the Replacements um, in 2000. Hardball 2001, Constantine 2005. I saw that. I saw that in the movies actually. Then he's in John Wick one, two, three, and four. Anyway, he's in a lot of good movies. But my top five, um, you know, for my top five for him, is got to be um, probably Hardball is probably number one. I really enjoyed Hardball where he plays a baseball coach. Um, the Replacements is probably number two. The Devil's Advocates number three. Uh, John Wick franchise is number four. Uh, probably the whole truth is number five. But again, I don't love doing top five lists, but I just, those are my top five. But all the movies that I've seen him in, I really enjoyed. And it's funny because The Matrix to me is not one of my favorite movies I've seen him in. I've never really watched all The Matrix. That, I have to go I, back. I haven't seen any of them. The whole, it's, it's, it's a whole weird concept and like, yeah. Ooh, everything. It was groundbreaking when it came out, but it's like, ah. Eh. But uh, Joe, what do you think about Keanu Reeves? What's your opinion? I don't have anything. I don't have anything against him, Sean. Yeah. Uh, and I now that I'm looking back, I do remember that movie, which uh, the Young Bloods, which was 
Oh, was a great movie. I mean, wait a minute. It, it, in, the, in the history of, uh, of cinema, it's not going to be like, but I thought if, if you like sports, if you like ice hockey, if you like the story of a kid coming from Canada trying to make it, he's undersized, Rob Lowe is, and he's really, really talented, but he's got to learn how to protect himself on the ice, and there's some fighting in it, controlled fighting now, and he has a nice little cutie little girlfriend. It's, it's, it's a cool 80s movie. Um, I do remember Keanu in that, so I have to say I have a top one. I guess it's that. I don't watch any of that John Wick stuff. I don't watch any of that Matrix, you know, double somersault, flying over across the room, um, <laughs> you know, faking out a whole room full of laser beams by just moving around. And it's just a bunch, bunch of happy horse shit to me. But um, and don't think he's a nice enough guy, pretty good actor. Um, and I just wish he would. I wish he would rethink the beard because I've never seen a more more horrifying facial hair than on that cat i mean you want what do you, what do you, it's, is it like is it not fully grown in what's your oh what's it's your a little it's a little pat i mean there, there's you can get away with being a little bit patchy but dude i mean he's got like i mean I, it's, I it's like it's I like dude I, it's no, horrendous I'm, horrendous horrendous i'm looking at as i've watched interviews before the show and everything i've seen in movies and looking at him now the pictures from google his beard seems fine to me dude i don't know what you're talking about well, maybe, I don't know, maybe he's using some of that pencil color in and everything, but for years, for years, if you look back, um, and don't get, don't get her twisted either. Sometimes these guys get a whole lot of money, um, and they go get, cause you can get that. If you got enough money, you can get that done. And I like Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel actually, uh, over the years has, has, you know, that's how he, he wasn't wait. always like that. He got that anyway. Keanu Reeves is known for <laughs> having a horrendous fucking beard. All right. There you go. So I'm just telling okay. you, that's, that's, that's what he's known for. And well, I just what, wish he would rethink it. What's the Jimmy Kimmel thing? What did he have done? Jimmy Kimmel, his face was as smooth and, and well, people are, well, you shaved. No, he was, he, a couple of times he tried to, um, grow. A, a reasonable beard and it didn't kind of look right. So he quickly shaved it or whatever. And then at, there were times when you could tell, I could tell, and I have a hypothesis and you, you could tell if you have enough money, you can get anything done. Cause they'll do like they do for bald dudes. They'll do it for that. And it, it's time consuming and it's, it's expensive and all those kinds of things. But I swear, I bet anything he had something done. Cause he has a nice little, and it's real, it's almost real perfect. It's real nice looking. Yeah, beard nice, but I don't know. It's, I, it's I don't artificial. Know, yeah. I don't think Jimmy Kimmel would have something done to improve. Cause if you get something done to improve your beard, what if you don't want to have the beard anymore? What happens once you want to shave your beard? Are you, are oh, yeah. It, it's just like regular hair. You'll shave it off, and it'll be just like regular hair. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. Just, I'm and, and Keanu Reeves, I'm surprised you don't even know what I'm talking about. That facial, that I mean, you want to talk patchy. Now, now, Dude, now it I'm was horrendous. Now I'm sounding self-conscious about my beard. You went to a baseball game with him recently, the Yankee game. Was my beard sufficient? Yeah, I thought so. I didn't. I mean, his was, dude. His, okay. I'm, dude. Dude. <laughs> It was, like, it was. I don't because you made a comment about the guy who was in that prank show, Impractical Jokers, like all oh, this half-ass beard. Like, oh, with that dude Sal. Oh, yeah, that that thing is beards, man. What? You're really focused on guys' beards? No, I'm not. I'm focused on beards that look like shit. I mean, that guy Sal. I mean, listen, if you can't grow one that looks right, do something different. That's all. Do to get you know, don't grow the full thing. Grow goatee. Do whatever. You, do, grow goatee. You would tell me if my beard was half-assed, though, right? You would make a co- like. I'm not afraid of some constructive criticism, but you would be like Sean, like you know, the beard's you know, but my beard's not half-assed, right? 
No, it's your beard is 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 a little. It's like a. It's not. It's like a little thin, but there aren't a whole lot of bare spots like Keanu Reeves. Now I don't know what he had done. I don't know what he used these guys. And I he can use you can use all kinds of cosmetic. But for the longest time, if you go back and look at, <laughs> dude, it was like it was like, cuz. Cause don't do this. You know what I mean? It was, it was nasty. No, yours is, 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 it's, it's on the thinner side, but it's, it's reasonable. It's, it's, it's reasonable. The goatee and mustache, it's very easy for me to grow that, but the sides is where it gets a little bit tough. Yeah. So I have to do like, I don't, all I have to do with grooming my beard is like, I use like a, a clipper for like the goatee and mustache like every week or two. And that gets rid of like a good amount of volume. But then the sides, I don't have to use a clipper. All I have to do is take scissors and even it out. So I know what you're saying. Like, um, I don't know. Now I'm getting self conscious about my beard because no, like, no, 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 Sean. This isn't about you. It's just, I promise you, this isn't about you. If you, go, if you go back and look at Keanu Reeves and go back and look at all the pictures of, and really, as a matter of fact, you can. But and I'm not. Look, the guy's got money. The guy's got the world by the ass. The guy can get laid anytime he wants anywhere. So that, listen, that's not a thing. I'm just saying that it, it was common that when people talked about bad beards, his was the first name that would come up. And it was like, dude, you don't even need to do that. And any, um, in any fashion though, I know what you mean. My, my, most of my density is in, that's why I like the goatee because it, now I get the sides too, but on one side, I think it's the right side. I remember right now, there's a slight little area that's kind of thin as opposed to the others, but, and you've seen pictures of me too. It comes in full. I just don't like the full beard. I just don't like the, that whole thing in it. And it itches. It's a pain in the ass. And I just really like what I wear. It's what I like is, 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 is the the goatee if it's done right you can't let it run wild and let it you know like i said to you last week it's not like a hell's angels type of it's a really it's it's like you trim that son bitch like you trim a woman's eyebrow you know cut it right down boom 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 really get it in the right length and but i I like it i really do like it i know one thing too you know i did not know this sean that what i wear you say what i wear is the top and the bottom it's called a van dyke it's not called a goatee. A goatee is when you have a mustache. No, think think Civil War now. When you have a mustache and you have one line of hair on the bottom, one line going straight down. Yeah, or or a little bit like yeah. a little like a um a soul patch, like a mustache and a soul patch that goes down a little further. That's the actual goatee, and you can punch it up on a computer. That what I wear, what most people now call a goatee. It's actually called a Van Dyke. Now I'm getting way off the topic. But I, mean, I digress, but it's something I did not know. So to okay. be, if you're ever playing Jeopardy, you know, and you see a picture of the kind of thing that I wear that everyone in the society calls a goatee, it's really called Van Dyke. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at, uh, I just Googled Keanu Reeves beard. There's a mm-hmm. site that talks about how to get Keanu Reeves, Reeves patchy beard. Embrace, <laughs> it, make the, embrace it, make the most of it, be patient. And there's a website that says it's called beardaholic.com. How to copy and groom Keanu Reeves' patchy beard. So I guess you're on to something where people thought he was patchy, his beard. I don't know. I saw him on a oh, late night show. Sean, Sean, yeah. Yours, yours is, yours is. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not focused yeah. on me anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to defend Keanu's honor because you're, you immediately went oh, to I, did, I didn't hurt the man's beard. honor. I didn't, I didn't offend <laughs> the man's honor. I just, I wouldn't want to do that at all. I, I told you. He can get laid six ways from Sunday anytime he wants. He's he's a good looking dude, and I'm I say that from a completely hetero standpoint, right? He's a good looking dude. He's famous. Um, he's got the world by the ass. He's talented. I just said the only thing I wish he would do is rethink the facial hair. Okay, that's all because it, patchy is patchy, horrendous, 
and that's where he was horrendous only in that area but if he wants to do that he can do it what about okay what about kevin durant because kevin durant's got one of the most patchy beards i've ever seen i didn't even know kevin durant had a beard <laughs> yeah he, he's got because when i think of patchy beards i think of kd 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 has a, a patchy beard to say the least now that i'm sitting here really really thinking about it i could see a little hair on his chin I could see a little bit above his lip. I can't see anything else. I can't. I can't. It, it must be that sparse that I can't see it. I just can't. So you're right. It probably is patchy as all get out. And that's the only thing that, I mean, if you're going to have it, have it. Now, what you can do, what a lot of guys can do, and I, because I, I did a little reading about this too. Every guy reads about facial hair every once in a while. What you can do <laughs> is, is get that, get the clippers. Every guy reads about facial hair once in a while. Um, yeah, because every guy toys with the idea. You get the clippers and set that at a real low number, like one or two, and do that so that it's just the hairs are little, little spikes and have that look. Yeah, like, dude, I, I can't, I, like, it's funny, bro. Like, I can't, um, I don't know, not to get into a whole, we're going off on a tangent about beards here. Yeah, if it's if it's too sparse, you can't I, get I, it. I, I, I think about that all the time. I'm like, man, what if I just like went really low and I just had it like just where it's like nice and like spiky on the sides? It's kind of like a half grown. Like, but like, I just I'm sticking with what I have and just hang. I'm like hanging on to what I have on the sides. You know what I mean? But yeah, I don't know, you got me thinking a little bit about the beard now. But anyway, let's let's move on real quick, man. Let's move on. Well, I promise you, it was nothing about you, cuz. Oh, I know. You're, you're I know. But you're, now I know you're you're judging. Stop it. I'm not. I, I didn't. I just said. Listen, when I said I wish he would rethink the facial hair, there are about 75 million people that say, "Yeah." Well, not not really. We don't have that kind of audience, but I mean, most people think that of him. You know, of his yeah. cosmetic. You know. But All right. Let's move on to uh, Snapple fact. Eight nineteen. Snapple fact. Eight nineteen. Children grow faster during springtime. Children grow faster during springtime. So I don't have much else to say. I think it's because they're eating more in the spring and the summer, apparently. But they grow faster. Because I tried looking into the details. I'm like, why are they growing faster in the spring? But I went down a rabbit hole of like scientific articles and stuff. I was like, nah, like I gotta I guess. guess. I guess Maybe a lot of, that, go ahead. Maybe a lot of sunlight in the spring, I guess, you know. <clears throat> sunlight, vitamin D. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe more sunlight in the spring. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. Joe, you ready Maybe. to be stumped? Hell no, you ain't stumping me. <laughs> Story number one. Look up. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's actually a super frisbee. Number two. Media's new darling. Video captures Good Samaritan feeding rabbits and cats every day for five years. Story number three. Hundreds of pounds of cooked pasta mysteriously dumped in New Jersey woods. <laughs> So what do you think, man? <laughs> I'm just laughing because at least two thirds of this was made up, but it's all pretty good. It's all pretty good. You've been hanging around me too long. You got some really viable. All right. So I got look up. It's a frizz flying saucer. No, it's a super frisbee. I got the uh, the po- uncooked pasta being dumped in the woods. Well, yeah, yeah. Uncooked or cooked? Cooked. Cooked pasta, cooked pasta being dumped in the woods, or a good Samaritan. Yeah, yep. Feeding, not a good Samaritan, but yeah, a guy feeding rabbit for how many years? Feeding five. rabbits? Rabbits and cats every day for five years. 
I don't really care. So I'm just going to go with that one. That's the one I think is real. Okay. I got news for you, sir. You have the <laughs> The real story, the real story is the cooked pasta mysterious. It's actually dumped in a town that I used to like live near. Um, hundreds of pounds of cooked pasta mysteriously were dumped in the New Jersey woods at Old Bridge, New Jersey. Um, pretty crazy story. I, I don't know. It says mounds of spaghetti and piles of other pastas, including ziti, were seemingly dumped by a stream near Veterans Park in Old Bridge. Um, 500 pounds of pasta. It's like, how did that happen? How did it get there? Um, and somebody, somebody, people had funny like tweets about it. Somebody said, sounds like the work of Rig Atoni. And somebody put, he was actually framed, Orzo, I'm told. <laughs> um, lead suspect is a guy named Al Dante, El Dente. <laughs> Don't forget about his partner, Linguini. So the, it says the real the real pasta dumper has not been found. But what what sort of mind would think of putting five hundred pounds of? It's not just it's not that they took boxes of pasta and poured it in the woods. It's like cooked. They cooked the pasta first. That's really weird, man. That's extremely. That that is really like that's like what is going on? I I, I don't I don't I don't. Somebody said they should send the perpetrators to the state penitentiary. (laughs) Well, you stumped me. So, um, bon appetit, squirrels and raccoons and all that shit. They say it's part of a larger problem. The old bird is facing a legal dumping and lack of bulk garbage pickup. But it's it's the middle of the woods. And, like, how did they get all the pasta there? That's the part. I think it's just some prankster wanted to get in the news. That's my guess. And some prankster wanted to get in the news. And they're like, I'm just going to make a lot of pasta and put it in the middle of the woods. Because otherwise, why are they cooking it first? Because, like, I don't think a restaurant would do that. A restaurant wouldn't risk their reputation and dump all their pasta. You know, it doesn't make any sense. No. And, and if they had to throw it out because it was maybe expired and the Board of Health said you got to throw it out and they really were going by the book, they would throw it out in their own dumpster uncooked wouldn't they i'm sorry I, I, you know, part I'm... that's like whoa it's like okay this is weird because i i had another story for you let me know if you know the story did you hear the story about the the guy who got a wedding gift from the his fiance and now wife's uh ex-boyfriend and the the gift exploded and killed him did you hear that story no is that that was my original real story that i was going to stump you with and i'm like joe probably heard this on the 11 o'clock news some guy sent a gift you know, and it killed the the the, the girl's uh, new husband. They opened up the gift and it killed him. It was an exploding gift. Damn. So that's you know, I th- I thought for sure you saw that story. So I called an audible. I changed the story like today. I was like, oh, you know, maybe he didn't see the pasta story yet because it's like a brand new story. Like, did not did not see it, man. Didn't anyway. that, that, and that's 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 ridiculous anyway because it's it's evil and it's stupid because. It. Who had motive? Well, yeah, the ex-boyfriend is the first person they're going to look for. And the guy's dumb and he's evil. Um, that's uh, it's just weird, weird. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to uh, current. Yeah, this story is not that uplifting, but it kind of has a. I don't know. We'll talk about the story and we'll see. All right. So it's from the New York Times. After student suicide, an elite school says it fell tragically short. The Lawrenceville School in New Jersey on Sunday made a remarkable admission of failure and committed to a new focus on mental health. So basically, one of their students, a 17-year-old named Jack Reed, he committed suicide while I was at this boarding school. It's right near us, Joe. It's in Lawrence, New Jersey. 
They're one of the best prep schools in the country. They cost like, oh, yeah, yeah. cost like $80,000 a year to go there. It's, it's absurdly expensive, but at a lot of these prep schools, stuff like this happens. People get bullied and like they kill themselves and they're not living at home with their parents. The parent, they probably feel like the parents don't want them around. They want them at like a, a boarding school, whatever the reason is where parents send their kids to boarding school. That's what they, you know, it costs a lot of money too. But anyway, this guy, Jack Reed was being bullied. And there was an unfounded accusation that he raped a girl. And it went around the whole school, went on the social media app that the students use. And it was really hard on him. He's like, thinking to myself, because like, if you're falsely accused of something, it could like ruin your your whole like psyche and whole reputation and whole like way of just how you view yourself and how other people view you. Because you know you're innocent, but you're being falsely accused. And this guy's a 17-year-old kid at a boarding school. Mm. Kind of a new student. He came from the city. His parents put him in the school in Lawrenceville. And um, the school never um, took responsibility publicly about about they investigated it. Right? They interviewed forty five students, faculty members, and they they, they detailed report. Um, and they reviewed emails from more than a hundred students and school personnel, and Jack's personal emails, phone records, text messages, and um, they it proved that he's innocent. He's not a rapist. Um, he did nothing wrong, but the school didn't do anything about it. They didn't publicly denounce the, 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 the rumors. The school never claimed that it was bogus. Um, they never, you know, they, they expelled the student who was involved in spreading the rumors. And, but the, the student was expelled for like an unrelated violation of school rules. Um, but anyway, they never told Jack or his family or anyone else that their investigation of these false rape claims concluded that the rumors involved involving sexual assault were utterly false. They didn't make a public or private statement. Um, and uh, they never did anything about it. So Jack had everybody, as far as everyone in the school knew that they, this is a potential rapist and they were making this guy, this kid's life a living hell. Um, the school, you know, they, they, the family, they unsuccessfully tried to get the comments related to the sexual assault removed from the app. They couldn't do that. Um, and Jack seemed to be doing a little bit better, but then he killed himself. And um, it's still getting to him, uh, being bullied and being falsely accused of being a rapist. I'll tell you, man, being falsely accused of something sucks, man. It can really keep uh. on your health, especially when you're that age. Because I'll give you a story. When I was in fourth grade, someone, someone accused me of stealing some other student's wallet. And basically, the whole class started believing that I stole the kid's wallet. It became a whole thing where I'm like walking around in fourth grade. People think uh. I stole a wallet. And it took a real toll on me. I'm like, I didn't steal anybody's wallet. Why would I steal someone's wallet? Why would I do this? Like, it was driving me nuts. And then it turned out later that the the, the kid, um, uh, he lied about the whole story. Like, his, his wallet was never stolen. And then he got expelled from our school anyway for doing something else. So it was kind of like a weird, you know, type of situation. But it took a toll on me. I was a fourth grader. And I'm, you know, I was crying and stuff. I, they had the whole, they had the whole class. This is how stuff happens when you're in grammar school you know, word of mouth and people start believing stories. The teacher had me stand in the hallway and they had the whole class, a lot, a lot of students in the class come out and say, we saw Sean steal the wallet. And then I'm crying in the hallway. I'm a fourth grader crying. Uh, my eyes out. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't steal anybody's wallet. What the hell's going on? I was so upset, dude. You have no idea. Like it really took a toll on me, but then I got justice. What The only justice I got was the teacher one day came up to me and she called me up there. She's like, Oh, by the way, you know, uh, we found out, you know, you didn't steal the wallet, but she never like announced. I don't think she ever announced to the whole class. Sean didn't steal the wallet. I don't know how it went down, 
but I, I was exonerated, but it, it took a toll on me. And I was just a fourth grader, right? Imagine a 17-year-old in a, a private prep school. You're living with these students. You're not just going to school with them. You're living with them. And they falsely accuse you of a heinous crime like rape and sexual assault. Um, yeah. So, you know, it took a toll on him and he uh, he killed himself. They found him. Um, he tucked the Bible in his gym shorts, a note in his pocket directing his parents to go to a Google document explaining his feelings of dis- despair. Um, inside his dorm room, he took his own life. But the school came out and take this. Here's the thing that uh, I'm talking about: how there's some closure, I guess. Not really, though. The Lawrenceville school came out and took responsibility for. They they could have done more to prevent a suicide. They could have done more. Now they admitted a year later, but now it's a year. You know, it's too late. The kid killed himself. So when I saw the story, I was like, "This is horrible." Because I know it's like to be falsely accused of something, and it takes a toll on your mental health, knowing that people think that you did something where you didn't really do it. And it could drive you nuts. Um, so what do you think, man? When you hear a story like this, it's a tragedy, right? But the schools have to do better because there's there's laws for public schools. Let me just get to my notes here. Public schools in most states are governed by laws that regulate the investigation and response to behavior considered bullying. Um, and they require instruction aimed at limiting the spread. But private schools and parochial schools have far more autonomy in deciding how to address bullying. So he was bullied so much that he ended his own life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I told you before I worked with, with, with kids, adolescents with, with um, behavioral and psychological problems and so forth and so on. And I did, I'm not going to mention any names, but there was one young fella I heard about um, like five, like three or four years after he was in our group home, he was, went through to another place and different place, blah, blah, blah. His parents were two physicians. Her parents were two doctors. And for some reason, um, it didn't look like he was going to follow in their footsteps or for whatever reason. A lot of his, a lot of his troubles came from, um, not meeting the parents' expectations and him feeling that way and so forth and so on. And long story short, a dude I used to work with, I still talk to a Freddie. I still talk to him once a month or so, uh, an old coworker at that same place. And I'm going back. 20 years um when this kid was through our, our our group home there um unfortunately you can't get them all you can't reach them all but um he hung himself um you know and like i freddie called me one night and said yeah you remember such and such i said yeah he, he says yeah he hung himself and oh, oh my god this night again so just that thought is um it's tough for me for any any kid uh, there was another story, I think about a year ago, Sean, is somewhere here in Jersey, up your way maybe, but there was a little girl that, that took her own life because she was getting abused like online. And also, uh, girls can be really wicked. I mean, teenage girls can be wicked to, to one another. Um, there was videotape of another girl swat, swatting her in the hallway of the school, like just swatting her for no reason, just because she didn't like her just walked up to her and just wham. And she's like, you know, and it seems like the cuter, the girl or skinnier, the girl or more popular, the girl, the more, the ones that aren't hate, hate, hate on them. And I mean, I'm not just talking about hate, like, you know, cutting them up and, and saying things. I'm talking about real hate. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a shame. I guess people at that age, some people at that age don't really grasp just how vile, that is, and they'll feel the school. Do you think the school should be held liable? The school, the school could have done more because basically he got elected. This kid Jack got elected um, 
you know, it, he, he was doing okay. Like, you know, he had some friends and everything like that. Um, but he was elected like president of um, one of the residential houses. And a few days after he won the election, there was an unfounded rape accusation posted anonymously to a nationwide student run at popular with boarding school students. And it spread quickly online. Um, and then at, at Secret Santa, during the gift exchange, the Secret Santa, one of his classmates gave him a rape whistle and a book about how to make friends. So this only exasperated the issue. Right. Um, and then he he kind of just had, you know, he had enough and he uh, he had to escape the pain and he killed himself. I mean, this is horrendous to see. And this shows you everything that you say on the Internet, whether it's true or not, and perception can become be reality. And he's in an echo chamber, this small school with under a thousand students. And he's walking around. People are think he thinks people think that he raped a girl. It's like that's got to like, take a toll on you, man. Yeah, I think I'm not sure what's going on at the school. I'm not sure what went on at the school, but I do think that maybe well, here's the thing, though. Even when they they knew that he wasn't a rapist, they investigated it very thoroughly. Um, they never announced it to the whole school and say, "Hey, Jack's not a rapist. Cut this out." And they never contacted the social media app to get those rumors off. And that's if they did that, if he knew that he had justice, that everyone knew he was innocent, and then he started making more friends and things got better for him, he never would have had to kill himself or never thought that he had to kill himself. That's just the tragic part about it. The school did nothing. Now they're taking responsibility a year later, but the school did nothing to, uh, to you know. Yeah, and the only thing I can think of, the only rationale I can think of for them not doing that, not coming out and saying, Jack didn't do this rape that everyone said – the only rationale I can think of that for why they didn't do it is if they had done it that way, they would have been automatically given a little bit of credence to the accusation by acknowledging the accusation. So their 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 methodology was we're not even going to dignify that's so that's so outlandish, we're not even going to formally acknowledge it. Now, I'm not saying that's right, Sean. I'm not saying it's right, but that could have, you know what I mean? That could have been their their mindset. That could have been, I don't know. Other than that, I don't know. Sad, sad, sad story. I feel bad for the family. My God. I, I, I just, that kind of, that man, that kind of. The thing that happened right before he killed himself is uh, one of the students who was involved in spreading the rumors and being really nasty to him and being a big bully. And uh, this student got expelled and all the students started blaming Jack for this because he was a pretty popular student they started blaming him for uh for their friend getting expelled and some of the students made harsh comments about him and they blamed him for you know the guy getting expelled so um school administrators did not check on jack um at all and you know that night he took his life so it's like so much more could have been done you know what i mean and he also was going to therapy but he never told his therapist that he was thinking about killing himself so you never know what people you know oh if he was going to therapy there was there were things going on anyway, you know, and that's the thing I, I, I'm not sure of either is 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 what Jack's history was before this too, and what? Well, he was he like he. I think he started. I just mean therapy. mentally, Sean. If he was already wounded mentally and vulnerable, you know, he uh he was a he went to a school in the Upper East Side of Manhattan. He was a leader. He stood out for his kindness. Um, when he got to Lawrenceville. Um, he said he was happy at first. He made friends in the dean's list, and basically, what happened was the rumor of the rape started going around, and that drove him nuts. And I, you know, 
when you have a rumor going around like that, it's it takes a it takes quite a toll. Because I don't know if you've ever been falsely accused, but it, it can it can yeah. really mess you up. Yes, uh, it's and even even if it's not like being accused of a crime or something like that, sometimes it's just being accused of of oh wow. Well, wait a minute. He he said this, and then he said that. Oh my God! And jump into a conclusion. It's like whoa, 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 whoa. You know that kind of a thing. It's like wait a minute, wait a minute. So sometimes people may think something about you based on A and B, and they'll just oh, that automatically means C. You know, they'll automatically you know assume, and and um, that kind of stuff bother. Yeah, that's been. You know, I've had that kind of stuff happen to me too. And that's irritating enough as it is. But to have something like this, um, yeah. And there's been other times in my life where, um, not many, but a couple times in my life that were, you know, accused of something. And it, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, uh, very disconcerting. But, you know, um, I just thank God that. I don't, I never selected a, uh, it, it never really, it bothered the shit out of me a couple of times here or there. There's certain things, but it never enough, never enough. I was always strong enough not to like say, okay, that's it. I'm going to do myself in. But if this poor Jack kid, if this fellow were already a little bit vulnerable and already a little bit imbalanced or whatever, he maybe didn't need a whole lot, you know? Yeah. So, so that's all. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. You know, rest in peace, Jack. Um, Happy the school came out and admitted they were wrong, but probably could have prevented it too. So, yeah. anyway. All right, let's move on to sports. Um, all right, so how about those Sixers, man? What is your thoughts? We'll talk about the NFL draft in a second too, but um, you you kind of – I think you were kind of like – we were going back and forth last night between the Sixers and the Knicks talk. Do you, yeah, really, we were just... do you really think the Knicks are not a playoff team? No, they're a playoff team. They're a playoff team. Um, but – I just decided to go uh, with some hyperbole when okay. you de- when you decided to go with some hyperbole too. That you know, you know. Oh, if we do get past the heat, I wouldn't mind playing you guys in a. Yeah, that's true. I'd rather play the Sixers in the Celtics. Time out, time out, time out. You wouldn't. You, you wouldn't. Your, your team. You, I, I can't even. You know, we're the top three. Like we're in the top third of, of their eight teams, right? In in the, in the East, right? We're in the top three. You guys are in the bottom three, right? Um, no, we're the five seed, dude. Okay, well, darn close to it. Okay, um, you're, you're you're so you're on the lower end. We're on the upper end. When people talk about winning a championship out of the East, it was always Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly. No one ever really talked about the Knicks. And then, but and and and, and I never talked any bullshit with you about any of this stuff. I didn't. But when you talk or sitting there talking about. You know, last night, okay, they threw in a clunker. They went on the road and won a game. I don't know if the Knicks are going to do that. Um, but they went on the road and won a game. They got a split, right? So mission accomplished. Last night, they threw in a clunker. But don't, please don't start trying to compare the Knicks with the freaking Philadelphia Sixers. I'm a diehard Knicks fan, and I watch every game that I, I could possibly watch. I don't care if you study every goddamn time they fart. I don't really care what you do. <laughs> Okay, I, that's, not, that's, not, that's not the point. I'm telling I know you enough that I, and I watch enough and learn enough. This, and apparently Legler and Big Perk and all these other guys, all the talking heads, say, yeah, you got Milwaukee, 
you got Boston and maybe Philly can win a championship. Now, unfortunately for the 76ers, they have run into their kryptonite. They have run into the only team in the National Basketball Association that could stop them from winning a title. The only team. That includes the big joker or whatever his name is out there. The only team that could stop the Philadelphia 76ers as constructed from winning a championship is unfortunately the team that they're playing right now. And I told you a long time ago, they know them. They got their number. They're their kryptonite. They match up well against them. And they're the only team in the National Basketball Association that can stop the Sixers. I I, I really do. But many people believe that, too. But unfortunately, they got to play them. Unfortunately, they're the Celtics, I hate them, but they're a better team than we are. But that's it. That's it. Um, Milwaukee's probably a better team also, but hey, they fizzled. Um, but uh, even Milwaukee would have more of a problem with us than than Boston. Boston is just, just like I said, they're a damn good team, number one. They match up well with us, number two. And they got us right now. So we're going to see. We're going to see. But um, And I have respect for the Knicks. I, I was only, only when you used hyperbole, I used it back. And I told you I wasn't in the best frame of mind either. I mean, we're sitting there getting our ass kicked. And I'm thinking, okay, at least Sean's not breaking my balls. You know, that's cool. I was kinda, I'll be honest. I was, <laughs> I was little because I, I wanted to do the show last night. So I was a little bit like, we didn't do the show last night. I'm like, so we didn't do the frigging show. Now look at the Sixers. I kind of wanted to throw a shot at you and kind of like, kind of just had to bust your balls a little bit, have a little fun. Then well, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, right, but we did Like you were like, damn, like. Right. Well, we didn't do it Monday or Tuesday either because there was shit you wanted to watch. I know. So, it was, it was, excuse it was, me. Yeah. One of those things where I'm like, you know, let me have some fun. You know, he got to watch yeah. the Sixers and now look at me. You know what I mean? Right. Well, so what? You didn't want to do the show Monday or Tuesday because of bullshit that you wanted to watch. But why is your bullshit more important than my bullshit? So I wanted to see the Sixers on Wednesday. That's one night. I gave you two, and I'm only asking one. So that irritated me a little bit, too. That they could, did that motivate him that he's a little bit, you know, the, wait a minute. We can move <laughs> heaven and earth and not go two nights for something you want to do. And there's one night that I asked for, and you're perturbed that I asked for that night because my team's not one. I don't go for any of that. So anyway, long story short, you take, just well, think Devil, how you Devil feel. Game, Devil's Rangers game seven was Monday. Like, I, you know, my whole, I got a lot of Rangers fans. I, it's, whatever it is, it is, Sean. It's important yeah, to you. It's, I don't it's, give it's, a rat's ass about that. Well, it's important it's to you. The Sixers like, was important to me. It's every, like, not everything revolves around you. All the time. I, I know that. I know that. Okay. All right. That's all, that's all I'm saying. I mean, the, I, did, I didn't call you last night and say, oh, your devils really took it up the ass, didn't they? I didn't do that. I didn't do that, right? But well, I, And I figured, won, okay, he's not seven, breaking my balls. I'm not breaking his balls. And I'm thinking, that's cool. Sean's not breaking my balls about the Sixers tonight. I look at my phone, and I look at the phone 10 minutes later. I think, oh, Jesus Christ, I spoke too soon. So not only do I not get, it's not only a text. It's not even an audio message, which you and I share a lot. You got to get the video camera out and start with the <laughs> trash talking. You're yeah. giving that guy, uh, that guy from the, uh, the wolves, the, the, the guy, what's his name? Uh, is it Booker? I don't know what the hell his name is. It not Booker. Um, that guy that was talking shit to LeBron, the light skinned brother with the, with the dreads on, on the Timberwolves, I think. Anyway, um, I forget his name, uh, but he's always talking. He's always talking. He's the one that said LeBron's old. This and that. I mean, you're doing your impersonation of him. I mean, like, what the hell's going on here? Anyway, so that's what that was last night. Um, now let's talk about the Sixers, though. And then, look, Sean, you're my buddy. You know, I love you. This is a week. We, Are you talking we about Stephen A. Smith, dude? 
the guy, the guy on the Timberwolves. Beverly? Maybe it's not the Timberwolves. They're playing the Warriors this season. The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies. Dylan Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks. That's it. You were doing a Dylan Brooks on me. Anyway, sorry. Um, It's a big, hairy animal. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, So here's the thing. So you, are you are you convinced that the Sixers have no chance for the Celtics? How are you feeling? What's your what's your thoughts about it? I wouldn't say no chance. I'm gonna I'm gonna say if they're gonna have to play, look, and I don't I just don't know whether or not they start they got to start thinking about running their offense through James Harden and just let 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 the big guy be a big a rim protector defensively and and augment. A, a little bit offensively instead of running it. They're going to figure it out. I hope they're going to figure it out, but they got to make shots. I mean, the, 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 the Celtics threw up, I think, 53 pointers. It was either 40 or 53 point they, attempts. I mean, the, the Sixers got and the Sixers were horrendous last night with three pointers. I don't think they took enough. So they got it. They got to find out what kind of fight they're in here. I give them a puncher's chance, but I give the Celtics um, the, I do. I give them the nod, and I hate to do it because I go back to the days when the, when 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 I used to we used to go to the Spectrum, and you didn't know whether something was going to break out or whatever it was. I mean, I can remember Julius Irving is is like Doctor J. They used to call him Doctor J because he was mild mannered and articulate. When one night Larry Bird starts in on him, and Larry Bird grabs him by the by the by the neck, and then Julius is 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 throwing throwing haymakers at Bird, and I mean this is on the floor. And Moses Malone is standing there looking for somebody to take out. I mean, this was this is this is this is so this is when the NBA was really, really tough. But that rivalry is what I'm saying. That rivalry, at one point I can remember um Steve Fredericks, God rest his soul, is is a is is a is a legendary a radio announcer here in Philadelphia, sports announcer. He came on and I and my brother and I were like on the floor because we got a kick out of out of Steve Fredericks, but it was like eighty-three or something like that, nineteen eighty-three. But Steve Fredericks opened his afternoon show and he goes, The Philadelphia 76ers, Boston Celtics rivalry is the greatest rivalry in sports today. <laughs> this was on like the E, like the, that night. It was like a Friday afternoon. I think it was a game that Friday night. But just the regular season matchups. Again, there's hate there. There's a lot of hate and a lot, a lot of history. I hate them. I can't stand. This is sports hate now. And Red Hour back was the biggest freaking prick that I would ever say. Any oh, what a son of a bitch he was. Anyway, um, I'm saying this respectfully. I can't stand them. I hate them. There's a lot of a lot of bad blood. I think they're a better basketball team than we are right now. And I think they've got our number. And that's you know in sports. Sometimes, you know, even if you're not a better team, if you have that other team's number, and I think they're slightly a better team and still have our number. So I give the Sixers a forty percent chance. Okay. I give them a forty percent chance. That's saying that I think most likely they're not going to win, but a 40 is, is not bad. It's not bad. So we're going to see how it plays out. And they got injuries and stuff too. Who knows? Who knows if Tatum turns an ankle tomorrow? I don't know. That's why, that's why we watch, but hopefully I'm looking for them. I, I need them to win both these home games. A split isn't good enough. I need yeah. them to win the next two and your Knicks. I respect the Knicks. They're a playoff team. They're one of the better playoff teams. They're not bottom. They're, they're one of the better playoff teams. They're up and coming. I know they have two players, Randall, and they have your boy Brunson. 
two damn good basketball players. And then I think they have a lot of guys that I don't really know, but that doesn't mean anything. Like you said, they play as a unit. They're very respectable. And for Nick fans, I'm happy because at least you're getting to see your team in the playoffs. So I'm going to lay off that. But don't start saying "whoa." Don't start poking the bear and start, you know. Don't don't get don't don't get don't don't get too happy. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I think the Knicks, think the Knicks are going to beat the Heat in uh, six games right now. It's one one. Jimmy Butler is a little banged up, but he's coming back for game three. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I took off from work on Saturday just to watch the game. I'm very excited for that. Um, it's it's a key game. Game three is important. You know, it's the first game in Miami. If we could, if we win Game Three, then we're up two to one. You know, the path to winning six is still there for us. Uh, if we lose, then we got to win three straight, and that means you know that's going to be really tough. So if we lose Saturday, I think we win in seven. If we win Saturday, I think we win in six. I wouldn't be surprised if we won in five. But the Heat are a very formidable team. Jimmy Butler is a you know he takes his game to a different level in the playoffs. He's a different oh, playoff. God, I wish. Sure, not to interrupt you, but if we'd have kept Jimmy Butler a couple of years ago and got rid of that jerk off that was here, and that's what he is. He, he gets paid millions of dollars to sit on the bench, and, and, he, and he, won't, he won't develop an outside shot because I don't need to develop an outside shot. I'm an all-star. Yeah. Like, you jerk off. I can't stand Ben Simmons. Anyway, yeah. um, but well, if they kept Jimmy Butler, we'd have had a trophy already, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so Butler's he's good. He makes the players around him better. The, even like the role players on their team, like Gabe Vincent, like he's he's playing really good. Um, they got some shooters. They're missing Tyler. We have no excuse. They're missing Tyler Hero. He's out the whole round. And then Jimmy Butler's a little banged and up. And Oladipo. They're missing Oladipo too. Oladipo's I mean, Ol- a small part. I mean, he's been he's been banged up for years. Oladipo is, is a hell of a good basketball player. I mean, and he, he, what he an was. addition to that Miami Heat he team. Was, That's a big he, loss. He was a good player, but he's he's kind of like washed up now. He's been he's been injured so many times. He's very he's always hurt. He had a couple uh, good years in the beginning of his career. He had a couple good years. But anyway, what if I were to tell you right now? You know what? You can get a Would you like to add one player to the next uh, Victor Oladipo down the stretch? What would uh, you say? I don't know. I don't think we need him. I'd rather have jo- I'd rather have Josh Hart than Oladipo. It's not even close. Well, Josh me. Hart's a good. Pl- that is a, he is actually. Yeah, he is a good player as well. That's the third guy. I, I actually know three guys on the Nexus. Yeah. yeah, okay. Right, let's talk about um before we wrap up the show here. Let's talk quickly about the Eagles draft. What, what would you give the Eagles a draft grade? What's the what's the what's the grade for you? A A plus. And I'm not. I, and no one's a tougher grader on on Howie and everything else. I mean, I thought and I conversed with my brother about it too and so forth and so on. And then I'm watching it all. Not that I need the guys on these, these talking heads on these shows to tell me any goddamn thing. I don't, but I thought they knocked it out of the park. I'm like, is this really happening? They get the number one player in the draft. They explain quickly the, the Jalen Carter, who's supposed to be a top three pick. The reason he wasn't picked in the top three is because he was street racing and someone involved in the same street race as him died. Is that what happened? Yeah. Now bear, bear in mind, these kids are 19, 20 years old. Do you want, I don't want everyone to know what I would did in 1920. <laughs> okay. And all they were doing, they were out one night. They weren't even on any drinking or anything like that. They were, they were young kids and with fast cars and it was late at night and they were racing. They were teammates. They were racing, having fun. And the kid driving the other car, had problems and he went off the road and the car turned over a couple, three, four, five times. And he and someone else in the car with him were killed. And that's going to haunt this Carter kid for 
the rest of his life, I'm sure. But he didn't run the kid off the road. He wasn't drunk like that other Joker that 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 um, from the Oakland Raiders that was he was he was drunk out of his mind and he was going 140 miles an hour and hit some lady sitting st- I think shrugs or rugs or something I forget the guy's name. Rugs. Yeah, Henry it's rugs. nothing like that at all. These were two 19 year old kids, Sean, late at night, empty roads. Still not a good idea, but you get me. They're they're racing. And the one kid had a problem. Now, I even thought he got in trouble because he left the scene. He didn't leave the scene. He was there. He was there. So he he stayed on the scene, and it was just one of those things. Uh, I'm sure it's going to haunt him for the rest of his life, although it wasn't really his fault. It'll still be with him. But he dropped. And um, this is the thing. Most people with draft picks that high are teams that can't afford to screw it up. Really? But the Eagles had this pick. They they weren't even. They just went to the Super Bowl. They, as a matter of fact, a, a fifty yard fumble away from from winning the damn thing. Um. So and everyone knows that. Uh. So they were there sitting at ten with the uh pick they got from the Saints last year. Okay. So they had just gone to the Super Bowl and they're sitting there. They're not going to be up here again. And they figure this is a pick we, we really can afford to gamble with because it wasn't ours to begin with. So they said they did a lot of their homework on this kid now, too. Howie and those these guys, they they did a lot of homework on this kid, and they were satisfied. And if they were satisfied, I was satisfied, and the more I find out about this. Now, you, not only is it smart because they can afford to gamble, he was not only the best defensive lineman in the draft, he was considered to be the best player in this draft. Okay, So they pick him up. They pick him up and they bring him into, which a lot of other teams don't have this, what I'm about to tell you either. A lot of other teams that this kid could have gone to are, are terrible teams with poor leadership. Uh-uh, not this ball club. This ball club is a good team, one of the best, if not the best in the league. And they have great – and I'm not saying that to be a jackass. I'm just saying – and they have formidable leadership on this team. You got guys like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. And, it, and they're going hey, come here, kid. This is the way we do things here in the Illadel. Okay. This is how we do it. All right. And he's got teammates from Georgia that also, he's going to be lined up against a kid that's, that, that, so there's a lot of support here for him to make sure he doesn't go astray. So they get him and Tony, so all for all those reasons. And I'm telling you, I hear comparisons to Warren Sapp. I heard someone the other day. I had to drop what I was doing, but I heard someone the other day, one of the local guys says, and this guy lives and breathes eagles. He says he thinks he's like another Jerome Brown. That's unbelievable. That's like unconscionable, but it's anything like Jerome Brown, uh, I'll take. Um, so they got him. Wait, they got Jerome Brown. Jerome Brown? Oh, you don't know football. Oh, you don't know football then. Uh, that was before you were Jerome Brown? You don't know who Jerome Brown is? Jerome oh Brown, I'm looking him up right now. I'm yeah, I do, actually, I, I, I know I, football pretty damn well. Yeah, but. you know what? Well, you don't. Well, you because you were born what '86. Um, Jerome Brown was. Yeah, yeah. he must have been. He must have. It looks like he was born in 1965. So right, Jerome was here about when you were two years old. Okay, so you know because um, he, he was an Eagle. And that's for he was a Miami Hurricane under Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, but he was an Eagle though. He played for the Eagles, right? He played for the Eagles, and yeah, he was. You know, of course, you know him. You know, I mean. Well, everybody in football knows who Jerome Brown was. I mean, he was. He's like. He's like. Like it's you know, like. Well, I'm gonna say he was a Pro Bowler, and then he had a tragic death. He's a legend. He's a legendary. I mean, one of the best defensive linemen ever to to snap on a helmet. 
I mean, everyone knows. I mean, everyone. No, I no, find I, it hard I, to believe. I, I, I think sometimes you like to toy. No, I think sometimes you like to toy along with me. And no, I, swear, oh, I, I, I don't know. I never heard of him. I don't know. I never. I. Jeez, I never. Reggie, is it white? Is it? Is it? I know Reggie. Like, Reggie White. Reggie White. Uh, okay. Well, Reggie White and Jerome Brown played on the same now. defensive line, and you could play the role like you don't know who he yeah, was. I don't know. You I know you same, know who he was because I know you know football. So that's no, that. So the they got the best no, player in the draft. Let me talk. Let me talk. Go ahead. Go ahead. Talk. You did the same thing to me with Devonta Smith. I made a very innocuous comment. I'm like. Devonta Smith, like he's ha- he's that good, and you were like shocked. You thought I was messing with you. I had no clue that he was having a great year. I still don't oh, think. Much. I swear to you. And Jerome Brown, I could text any of my because I'm I was born 1986, dude. I wasn't born in the 60s, so I could text any of my friends right now, and probably no one knows who Jerome Brown is, dude. I I would find that really hard to believe because you know why, Sean? If, if, got... if he was a Hall of Famer, I probably know exactly who he was, but he died early, dude. Apparently, he had a tragic career, so. There's no way for me to ever know who Jerome Brown is. No, dude. dude it's like I know who Dick Butkus is. I never saw him Everyone play a game. Who Dick Butkus is, dude. I know. That's what I'm saying. I mean, this, this, this Jerome Brown Jerome is Brown. maybe, maybe more, more, more regarded than, than than Dick Butkus. And really, I mean, he was that much of an awesome football player. And and you know what? It's just an opportunity for you to learn. I'm surprised, and I, I feel sorry that you're bereft of that kind of like Gale Sayers. I never well, saw him play it down, but I know Gale Sayers is Eagles, a random Eagles player from the um, '80s. You know, I don't, I don't what know other Eagles that What other? Um, if, no, Harold Carmichael. What set a feminine quarterback for the Cowboy? Uh, uh, Roger, right? Roger the Dodger. Oh, that's right. Um, so I mean, you know, it, it's just this is one of those things. I just couldn't um, couldn't fathom anybody, and, and I still think that you're, you're, sometimes you're trapping, we play. Your, you're trapping your own Eagles world, dude. Like people outside. Oh, no, God, anybody, no. Anybody born in my year, dude? It's not like you know didn't play football. I don't know. Like I, I watch NFL films. I don't. I know who Ray Netschke is. Every, yeah, a lot of people know who he is, dude. He's well known. Right, so is Jerome, Jerome Brown. Jerome, Jerome Brown was he in the league for like four years. He was a dominating football player for one of the best defensive lines ever to walk on planet Earth. Really? So I mean, yeah, you know, I just I don't know what. No, I mean it's not. You, then I guess I guess I'm trapped in my own Green Bay Packer world because I know who great Ray Nitsky is. Okay. Tra- well, I'm not going to let you do that to Jerome Brown because I'm not going to let you do that to Jerome Brown because I'm not going to let you play your little game because I know you like to play that little game. I swear to you, dude. I don't play so any I'm not, It doesn't matter. Play. It doesn't matter. So you I like the talk, Eagles draft. Stop talking over me? You stop I like the Eagles draft. You stop I like the Eagles over. draft. They had a good draft. Yeah, But, dude, you're acting like Jerome Brown should be well known. What's the next on your question? I like the Eagles draft. It's good. Well, nothing really. I'll, I'll let you pretend all you want to pretend. Go ahead. So the Eagles draft was excellent. They get an A double plus. Listen, we're we're on a live podcast here, so I'm not going to give you my true feelings. Right I don't now. give a goddamn if you do this, or not. I'm, I'm very irritated that you think that I should know who Jerome Brown is. I'm bereft of football knowledge. I know you, you do. Probably, you can probably I know you do because you haven't you haven't been living in a you have not been living in a cocoon. You watch NFL films and you have respect for greatness, and everybody in the football world knows that who jerome brown was yeah, that's can, like me saying i don't know man ray nitsky played before i was even born i don't was it is it nitsky what do you play you're missing, you're missing a key fact here the guy had his career cut short by a tragedy he never became what he was supposed to become 
Oh, he, well, yeah, his career was cut short. His life was cut short. But during his four or five years that he was playing, he was unstoppable, unbelievable. Dude, Jimmy Johnson had him at the uh, University of Miami, and he was dying to draft him. He was trying to get him, and he couldn't. Um, so, I mean, that, that, that's that. So, A double plus for the draft. <laughs> a double plus for the Eagles draft. Um, and um, their hands down. I'll say it now. They're hands down the odds on favorite to win the East, probably the conference. So, and if they get back there, if they play poorly and fumble the ball away and get a horrible call at the end, they'll lose again. But if it goes according to like it should, if the best team is going to win, it'll most likely be them. But I don't know. It's hard to get back. Things happen. There's injuries too that happen. So, but right now, ain't nobody in our division really even close. And I don't see anyone in the conference yeah, except yeah, for San Francisco. Fans. San Francisco, maybe, but they still don't have a quarterback. You talk about Philadelphia fans, but every time someone tries to come at you with some trash talk or innocuous comment, you start like you you think you think the Eagles are guaranteed to win the Super Bowl. They lost the Super Bowl last year, even though it was a bad call. I didn't say guarantee. I just I just I just, I just said there, there's injuries and so forth. And yeah, you so think on. the Knicks? You think the Knicks are not? I'm not. I'm not a formidable team. I think there's six or something. Like you, you're trapped in your little Philadelphia bubble, dude. And you're not. No, I'm not at all. I'm. I'm trapped in the national bubble, and we just went to the Super Bowl, except for a fifth, a uncharacteristic fifty-yard fumble return. They were the better football team than that other squad. Everyone knows that that watched it. They're one of the best, if not the best team still in the National Football League. Your team, the Knicks, is making progress. They made the playoffs. Have your parade. The Knicks made the playoffs. But don't start comparing those two organizations. That owner of the Knicks is one of the biggest jack-off fuckheads I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I've, I can't believe some of the things that he's done and some of the people he's insulted. And no wonder a team's been dog shit for that long. So I don't know when the last time he won a championship. Well, I can't even remember. But don't start comparing the Nick, the New York. First of all, don't compare the Knicks to the Sixers. That's A. But don't ever yeah, compare play, the Knicks to the Philadelphia City. Eagles. You Please. New York City, the greatest arena in the world, dude. The, the, the Sixers are stuck in the Who world. Who said that's the greatest arena in the world? Madison Square Garden, man. What about it? Why is it the best arena in the well, world? Have you been there? Have you been there? I haven't been there, but that doesn't okay. mean anything. All right. So I'm just like, once you're there, then let, let, talk to me then. It's a decent, it's a nice place. It's a famous place, but it's not the best arena in the world. It's the world's most famous arena, MSG by all standards. Oh, well, now it's most for most famous. It was the best arena in the world. Now it's most famous. Throughout. That's the nickname. You know, That's the nickname. Uh, I, I, the world's most uh, famous arena. Yeah. Well, I don't give a, a shit about the arena. Um, so much as the team that plays in it. And I don't know, Jesus, when is the last time the Knicks, did they ever win a title? I think they will with that, that Phil Jackson, <laughs> Phil Jackson was a player. It was that long ago. I, oh, Willis Reed, Willis Reed limping around and all that kind of stuff that got overhyped a little bit, but they wanted to. What about the Sixers? What about the Sixers? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. 83, Julia serving the doc. It's been a minute. And they, they were back, back to the finals, uh, in 2000 with AI. Um, but as bereft as the Sixers are of titles, they're still better than <laughs> they're still <laughs> still better than the Knicks, and that's the only thing I was trying to tell you. You started with your bullshit won. trash talk last night. That's what. That's why. That's how that started. I wasn't going to do anything or say anything. 
I was saying, that's cool. He's not going to break my balls about, you know, the Sixers throwing in a clunker. Well, of course I am, dude. You're, Why did you? Stuff? Why? I wasn't in the mood for that kind of bullshit. That's all. I mean, listen, that's what happens, man. I, I saw uh, the I saw the, the Devils were getting smoked, too. but I, And I said, no, I don't want to do that to them. And last the Devils, year, the last, game one. The Devils last the year when the Cowboys did their annual choke in the playoffs, I did not send you that little that little clip I have. I have that damn Cowboys. I didn't send it last year. I sent it the first year uh, that you and I were hanging out. I sent it the, the year before, and I didn't send it last year. And rest assured, next year when they go belly up again, I'm not going to send it because I'm thinking right around that time is maybe it's a little too much, too funny, too soon. That's all. And I just wasn't in the mood last night. for. And I'm getting my ass kicked here by the Celtics. I was disappointed with my team. The Sixers had three titles, 1955, 1967, 1983. The Knicks have two, 1970 and 1973. So, well, the Sixers, the Sixers weren't; they were the Warriors before then. So, how many did the Warriors have? You know that that goes. You know, you can't. You know, so the Sixers weren't the Sixers well, until a certain year. You have, no, yeah. you have no basis. As you have no basis, I do have a basis. You have the Philadelphia 76ers and the New York Knicks. And when's the last time you won a title? Dude, we haven't won since the seventies. Okay, I, we'll knock it. Just, just it's over. You guys haven't won since the eighties, dude. It's eighty-three. So you haven't won it since the seventies. It's over. And anyone that knows their, their anything about basketball will tell you which organization, which one of these organizations is laughable. And it's the Knicks from the ownership on down. Look at the Sixers, dude. They they trusted the process. You ain't a pimple got, on the Sixers' ass. All they got was Joel. Yeah, not a pimple on the Sixers' ass. I don't know, man. So. Anyway, good talking sports. What you cuz? Well, <laughs> What's I still, next? I still have a lot to say, dude. I, the Cowboys draft wouldn't even talk about. Well, you might have a lot to say. Go ahead. Uh, okay. I don't have all night, but go ahead. All right. Well, all right. So the Cowboys um, drafted Mazzy Smith in the first round. I wasn't sure about that pick. Um, I don't know. It was one of those things where I saw it. I was like, ah, we t- we drafted Taco Charlton a couple of years ago, and look how that worked out. So I'm kind of being harsh on them because he went to the same school as Taco Charlton, but who knows? Apparently, Micah Parsons really likes him, so he could fill up the gaps for us on the defensive end, figure it out. We needed a tight end because we don't have Schultz anymore. We drafted Luke Schoonmaker um, from Michigan, um, also from Michigan. I didn't realize both those guys were from Michigan. I didn't realize Schoonmaker was from Michigan, but we could have got another uh, tight end in the first round. We drafted Smith instead. And also, right before us, um, a team trade up right in front of us to take the tight end that we wanted. So they kind of like got in front of us and took our player. So I feel like we scrambled and took Mozzie Smith, but whatever. Um, one of the heartwarming stories about the draft that I saw was Deuce Vaughn. His dad is a scout for the Cowboys. The Cowboys drafted him with a c- compensatory pick, number 212 in the sixth round. Yeah. Back for Kansas State, but his dad called him and, and announced the draft pick to him. He's like, hey, son, do you want to come to work with me next week? He's yeah. like, I sure do, something like that. And like next thing you know, he, he knows he plays for the Cowboys. I thought it was a heartwarming moment. Hopefully there wasn't a lot of nepotism involved. Um, but he looks like he had good stats in college. Um, he's only five foot five, so he could, he could kind of be like a Darren Sproles. But we had, we had to replace Zeke Elliott. We have Tony Pollard, but we needed to replace Zeke. So um, anyway, but the Cowboys draft was okay. We'll see what happens. I mean, not crazy about it. There's not players that are, you know, I don't watch a ton of college football, but, um, you know, we'll figure out we'll figure out what we got. We'll see what happens in the offseason, training camp, preseason. We'll see if we got, we got anything. But I thought the Eagles did have a good draft. Um, they kind of just threw character issues out the window. 
I understand you explained the story about you know Jalen well, Carter and saying there were no character guy. issues to to throw out the window. There were no. But, but the fact yeah, there that was, there top, were no character issues. They okay. checked it out. But go ahead. He's a top three pick. Why didn't he go in the top three then? He didn't go in the top three because the teams that were able to pick him there are weak teams that can't afford to take a chance. Okay on something that happened, but it's not a character issue. And you want to talk throwing character issues, oof, that, that cowboy team was, they were, you know, they were, uh, you know, they were famous for that, you know, you know, you know, yeah. believe it. So, um, yeah, um, please, cause I'm not going to let you sit here and talk about the character of this, 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 no, car, just, this Carter you, kid. You're, you're, they, they, they did their homework. Thing. And realized that there were no character issues to be afraid of, so they drafted him. They didn't take any character issues and push them aside. They investigated him and realized and came to the conclusion that there are no character issues with this young man, and it was an unfortunate incident. So just be careful how you phrase things, because you could sound a little bit like an antagonistic, you know. So go ahead. Well, that, that's literally what I've been hearing all over TV and everything that I've read. That, that, that this no. guy is a top three pick, except that he has you're, character. No, no, I don't know who you're listening to, but then no one. I've I've watched all the sports shows. Nobody said okay, that he so has when character the, issues. When the car accident happened, did he drive away from the scene? Okay. You know what? You know what? All I got to say is they did their homework. There are no character issues, and for you to sit here. And try to, and you're, I know what you're doing. So I know you, you know, you're just angry that the Cowboys kind of botched the draft. The Eagles took everybody to school, got the best player in the draft, and <laughs> they, they, they got three, four blue chippers, and they're already the best team, and it's eating you alive. And you got the one pick as a good dude, I'm, pick. I'm not like a Philadelphia fan like that. It's not, you know, it's, it's, and, and the, the guy you got over. from Michigan, the defensive lineman, is, is a good player. Nazi, he's he's going to be a good player. He's a good fire plug. The other guy, I don't know anything about, but it's it's smart that you tried to replace because you just lost that tight end that you had. I think is was it Schultz, right? It's Schultz. Yeah. Um, you lost him, and you don't have a bell cow. Um, because I like Pollard, like catching the ball out of the backfield, and I like his jukes, but he's not a bell cow. And I don't think this kid that they brought in is going to be either. Like you said, the replace Zeke. I don't think anybody's, he's not, you know, but we'll say, I mean, you know, so I don't know in that regard what they're going to do. As an Eagle fan, I want to see them go with Pollard like all game long because that's too much for him. He's a good player. He's a damn good player. Um, But he's not a bell cow. And I'd like to see them try to make him one. That would be easier on us. But, um, We'll we'll see what the hell happens, uh, but all in all, good draft for Dallas, and I like that moment. Certainly, who doesn't like that moment that the, he brought his son in, uh, and uh, they um, aside from aside from the clarification they had to do to ascertain the fact that Jalen Carter is a pretty good dude. He doesn't have issues that they have to worry about. Aside from him, there were no other. There were no other red flags anywhere, right? I'm, I'm and they got some damn good football players. I'm not saying Jalen Carr is a phenomenal talent, but my thing is Todd McShay and people like him on TV were saying he is literally saying his character issues. And then I just know that there was a car accident, and I know that he he's a top three talent. And you're telling me that like other teams they they can't take risk on players. 
um, even though it's the, he was the best player available. So clearly he dropped. I'm not trying to like condemn the man. He, he has a whole career ahead of him. He's still very young. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the Eagles got very lucky or other teams just didn't want to deal with whatever headache would be. I don't know. If, is there a chance they could go to jail or is the case already done? I think it's, it, I think they resolved it, Sean. And, and, you know, I'm going to I will say this, that the only thing, only other thing I heard is some of the assistant coaches in Georgia didn't care too much for him because he was a little bit, maybe not, not like bad character stuff, like out raping women or doing stuff like some of these jokers do shit. That's really, you know what I mean? Just the fact that a couple of the assistant coaches said that sometimes he can be a little bit, he's so good and he knows he's so freaking good that he can like turn them off a little bit or, you know, smart mouth them a little bit that they, a couple of the assistant coaches said down in Georgia that they weren't crazy about him in that way. Now, again, he's coming to a place where that shit's not going to fly here. Cause, and, and in some of these other places, Sean, where the, the leadership isn't really established right and the teams are weaker that's like that's a bad you don't want to do that so that's why he fell and when they fell to uh to number uh nine they moved up with the bears because they didn't even want to wait anymore so they did that little swap and they, at that point they moved up uh but um we'll see time will tell i i don't think and you know what else he's going to come in here and now he's going to come in here and say He's going to have all these guys around him saying, hey, listen, this is the way we do things here. You're getting paid now. This is your job. You're a grown-ass man, not a kid. You're going to listen to us. And he's, he will. He will now because he's got, he's got good leadership, veteran players around him, and he's got teammates from Georgia. I think the kid's going to be all right. And talent-wise, Sean, he was the number one football player in the draft, talent-wise. And I understand that. Now That's my that's, – that's my – that's right. my point. It's like the guy is so damn good and talented. And then you just, if you're putting two to get, if you haven't read about the case, you don't really know the details. You hear, okay, this guy was arrested for being involved in someone dying, street racing. He falls all the way to, you know what I mean? It's one of those things where it's like, it's just, it's not me pushing buttons, it's not me playing games. It's like, why did he fall to number nine? And you try to explain, okay, other teams didn't really want to take a risk. They wanted to make sure it, it was one of those, you know, and you could have you could have saved it would could have changed everything. If you would have said in that litany where you said, and the Eagles decided to overlook some character issues. If you would have said the Eagles decided to overlook some perceived character issues or so, something like that, because some alleged character is because the Eagles, listen, it wasn't their pick, but they know what how valuable that pick was sitting there, right? And they didn't want to screw it up. They could afford to screw it up, but they still didn't want to. They did their honest to God due diligence on this kid. And it makes a lot of sense, man. I I feel much better about this than if they just said, Well, he was he was beating the shit out of his girlfriend or he was firing a gun off. Like it was another one of these jokers. I think it was the Raiders too. I think it was another Raider. But and you get you get and you get these guys. Oh, he was in the in the go go club and he was waving a gun around or something, some shit like that. Any 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 of those things. That to me, now what he did, of of course, it breaks my heart that that other kid died. But these are two nineteen year old knuckleheads racing car and listen. If that gets you killed, I shouldn't have been dead because I did it. 
not very often. I don't get, I, I just found that, that racing isn't, doesn't, I don't really get my rocks off on racing. I mean, I, it's okay. So I'm going fast. And if anything, it's a little scary, but I did it. And I not only did it, I did it under the influence of some alcohol when I'm 19, 20 years old, if you want to know the truth. But, and so that's why I said to you earlier, I mean, look, none of us are angels. We all done, we've all done. That's why I won't condemn this kid at 19 or 20 years old. He was out racing with a buddy. Okay. And often, you don't know how many nights I, 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 I think to myself, oh my God, I could have been killed. I could have hit somebody. And I thought, my God, God must've been watching over me. My God, that kind of a thing. So he's 19 or 20 years old and the knucklehead was racing and this happened. Now you rest assured if he were under any influence of anything that would have been brought to the forefront. It was nothing like that. Dude was just racing. Yeah. They were racing and it went wrong and it's going to bother him down in his heart for his life. But that's the only, they dug and dug for other things and they couldn't find the only thing they did find is that he can have a little bit of that little bit of too much swag. Like, oh man, you don't have to coach me, man, everything like that. Or I know what, I, well, that's may work in Georgia, but it ain't going to work in Philly because you're a professional and you're around guys that have been in this league and command your respect and so it couldn't be a better place for him to come in that's all but i think one word in there would have would have would have been easier for me to take if you'd have said alleged character issues or I, perceived I really character triggers issues. You, but, it, but it triggered you like it's almost like you thought i just made that up on the spot i was like no this was just a common thing that was oh, going- no 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 that one i knew you didn't make up but i i just i just wanted that's why i jumped i jumped right in and i said i said i said they decided to disregard some okay. alleged character I, issues opinion? after they did the research. Yeah, and you know what? This opinion? is done. This is getting I old. Think, I think the Eagles got a steal. I think he's going to be a good player. Absolutely even great. Right. I'm not jealous of them at all. I think it's, if I was the GM for the Eagles, Harry Roseman, I'd probably make the same move. So this is not me like trying to antagonize or like judge you guys too harshly. Just simply saying this man fell till nine because apparently he had character issues. And that's all it is, dude. Nothing personal. You know what I mean? So... Agreed. And sometimes I get a little, and look, you know, the shit I have to take as a Philadelphia fan, Sean, something happens. If something happened when you and I went to that Yankee game, if something like that happens in Philadelphia, you know, oh, geez, see the freaking Philadelphia fans, all their animals. And that's, that's what I have to put up with. But every fan base has their share of absolute jackass idiots, every fan base, right? It's only when ours act out that, you know, ESPN wants to do a 30-30 on it. Yeah. Oh, they booed Santa Claus. They booed Santa They booed some drunken fake Santa Claus. He was drunk, and he was in a green Santa Claus outfit, and he came up and showed up drunk. That's why they booed him, okay? Yeah, that's why they booed him, because in front of kids and everything else, he shows up sloppy drunk in a green, and he was doing all kind of weird, you know, like, you know, antagonistic weird shit to it. So it, it wasn't, you know, you know, come on, booing Santa Claus is that? And really, so we're booing a fictitious character is egregious. I mean, what? It's, it's like booing the Michelin Man. They booed the Michelin Man. So they booed somebody who doesn't even exist. I mean, get knock this shit off. But you know what I'm talking about? Philly has to take a lot of stuff. So therefore, I guess I'm a little bit hypersensitive. That's all. A little bit hypersensitive to certain things. And dude, I was minding my own business last night, and. 
I'm thinking to myself, he didn't. He's not going to break well, my balls that's about. Not, that's why we have and then, well, I'm just telling you. You you not only text me, you're not. You have to send me a little movie, and you're really you went on and on and on. It's like, dude, you're asking for it. You got it. This is this is friends bantering about sports. You know, I love stuff like that. I I didn't feel like bantering. I felt like throwing my TV at seventeen floors off my goddamn balcony. Is what I felt like doing. I didn't know you care about the Sixers that much. I thought you were. I thought you were just you're a big Eagles fan, and then other other the other Phillies, the other Philadelphia teams to you are just like, ah, you know, I can live without them. You know, birds are my favorite. But the Eagles are, yeah. Oh, definitely. The birds are my favorite. As a matter of fact, the pastime is no longer baseball. It was in the first half of the 20th century. But the pastime, the sport pastime, is the NFL. It really is. And then you could check that out. It's the most popular. It's the you know, and the NBA is gaining on the. But the NFL is is king and and is is the pastime. Birds are my favorite. but I still like the other teams. I mean, you know, if if the if the if the, if the Phillies lose a World Series game, you know, I'm not in the mood to play around like maybe the next day or something. But not like because it does. You you know yourself. You you lose big games like that, and you're and you're irritated already. You yeah. know, I was it, just thinking like it, you got the fact that you guys won Game One. Um, you know, it wasn't like I'm just like I'm not stopping on your grave. It's like you guys got a fair shot to win this the series. You have Embiid back now. You know what I mean? It's like I was just having some fun, tongue in cheek type of stuff. And you know, yeah, it was it was a little bit. You know, I I just didn't expect you to get so angry about it and go at the Knicks like that. I was like, damn, dude. Like, because wow. I'm st- it, 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 it was still going on, and the game wasn't even over. And I'm you know you know what it feels like when you when you get when you get trounced. Yeah, and it's like, like I was. If that was Villanova. You came in because. You made Wait, there you go. There earlier you go. this year, you made a comment about Villanova. You're like, what is that? What is what is uh what's the V's? What are the, what are the V's for? And things like that. You were like, you really just went in on Villanova. And I was like, that's I want to kill you, man. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, damn, dude, this guy. That was Villanova one night. Yeah, and I apologize to you. Yeah. I apologize to you for that. I did because you came back with some heavy shit too, you know. But yeah. I I called you about. Uh, I did. I left you a voice thing about an hour later. Because we both went at it like, and I said, hey, forget what I said. You know I love Villanova. I'm from Philly. I like Villanova. I was just trying to to, to get at you. And the shit you said to me uh, about this or that or whatever, don't worry about it. Let's just move forward. We're buddies. This shit happens once in a while. And we did. We moved forward. That's all. Like we're going to do tonight. And tonight wasn't even bad. <laughs> okay, It was passionate, bro. And that's yeah, what sports are. So anyway, I respect, um, I respect the Knicks. Yeah. I do. All right. So uh, by the time we the show comes back, the NBA playoffs will have concluded. Uh, the show will be back. It's a whole revamped show, little different form. Like we talked about in the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to have all our listeners, our loyal listeners out there. Um, we're not going anywhere. We're taking a little break, a little respite. Um, anyway, that's season one. Uh, Joe, the floor is yours. It's something unpredictable, but in the end, it's right. I hope you had the time of your life. Peace. Uh, Take care, everyone.